0: of light surround you, I cannot implore. Church bells will make
1: the sound. So lay me down. Well, welcome back, everybody, to Inside Out with. Calls. Turner and Seth. Thanks for listening. We're going to start this episode by saying thank you to our sponsor.
2: Tapping. Yeah. Beer, 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 beer. Wagga, gur. Beer, 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 beer. Gar, gar, gar. Yes. The so Terrapin Beer out of Athens, Georgia. They make wonderful beer. A high five is my favorite. And uh, someday there'll be a quiz about that. So remember that, people. You win tickets by knowing that. But also, the Soundcheck Pilsners and Cans. They always have wonderful side projects if you, uh, if you have one of the finer liquor stores in your uh, purchasing lexicon. And also want to give a thanks, big, uh, big, uh, big,
1: uh, big uh, thanks, big thanks out to Josh Thane with Wonder Dog Sound
2: Studios. He's been helping us out so much, as has Robert Kwan. Yes, that is correct, Robert, the sound extraordinaire. Who was uh, a big part of the last two episodes you've heard with his big furry boom mic and his his recorder in his little bag, lugging it all over the festival. He... You know, he could have just gone and enjoyed the festival and been fine. He is uh, donating his time for free for now. And and honestly, I, I
1: got to thank all of our friends and, and family that are supporting us uh, in doing this, giving us the time. I want to
2: thank my wife for allowing me to be here at uh, 1.30 in the morning. Yeah, when... Seth is about to leave town and we're cutting <laughs> segments. We're it's a little seconds. window behind the court and curtain. Uh, but no, my wife, I got to give her thanks. She's, she's, she's she, a coming from a broken back. She is. She's got a little
1: klutzy on a horse. And we could not be busier. No, she didn't get klutzy on a freaking <laughs> horse, asshole. She got thrown off a horse, you dick. I'm going to put you on a horse. I that, tried to sneak that what's, by. What's that, you? God. God. I would like to see you on a horse, except for you're too fat Never, to get on. Never scared you to fucker. death. I've been
2: on a horse twice. I was petrified. You're scared, time. but imagine being the horse. <laughs> <laughs> just, they, they hear the interior monologue of the horse: "Is just keep your shirt on, just keep your shirt on." All of a sudden, the horse goes. <laughs> there's an elephant in the horse. Uh, but no, for real. Thank you to uh, everyone. Josh and Nicola Vick, who uh, allowed us to do this interview in their basement and yes. actually the whole yes. uh, weekend, uh, open up a, what their what house to people, a, uh, kids uh, running and going, and uh, you know people coming and going. My friends Dave and Page or Tony, who I hadn't seen in a while.
1: Dave, they, they,
2: they, they were able to hang out and spend some quality time with us afterwards because of the Vicks. Uh, Josh and Nicola Vick are just two wonderful, wonderful people in the Atlanta music scene. God bless them and now and and wait, the whole Candler park and rival entertainment they, they let go. us or us get into Candler Park and rival entertainment, they really welcomed us, they treated us like guests they um, did. They, actually another nice thing that um one of the security people they didn 't want um kids Robert. in the v i p section oh yeah, well, now, the first night they let us have the
1: our right kids in well there, sec-
2: for some reason, the second day they didn't want, and maybe i, I don 't know why, but. Um These they, people, bitch! Goddamn they, they took our kids. friend Allison, and, and uh, upon my request, uh, allowed her and her two guests to go into the guest area. These yeah, her two daughters. So they, yeah, they sat yeah. there, oh, in, front the yeah, there. They yeah. sat in front of the fan. I saw them They sat there in front of the fan. she has got the triplets too. That what a family. They live right near me, and I never see them. The shepherds. They I, live I'd between love you and us. And you know, know. this is Kirkwood uh people. It's kind of
1: an interesting thing having children. No, having a child now. Right. I find that. I talk to people that have kids, and I relate to them so much more than I used to, and it's like you find out all these people live in your neighborhood, and you're like,
2: in a neighborhood like within a mile. And I find it weird how some friends of mine have kids, and I get closer to them, and other friends of mine have kids, and I get like really, really further away from okay, them. Okay, Rob,
1: the kids that have boys as children, you get closer with. The kids that have girls as children, they keep you away?
2: That's, that's really insulting. <laughs> oh, coming from me! You've hurt my feelings. Oh, did I? Hmm. I think the ones who have male kids, maybe because I teach them how to play baseball. Once you get a big major university starting at shortstop, or Why don't something? you get a
1: big great peacock,
2: great peacock. These are good guys. Um, Fantastic. Although I, I don't know if we ha- this, if this interview is an interview or more of a therapeutic session. This is kind of what I'd like to be going for. If you want to get serious for a minute, can we get Hold serious? On.
1: Can you handle me oh, no, I can't get serious radio. I don't have the cowpies. You won't share your fucking password with me. Thanks, Rob.
2: Oh, it's so expensive to get on your own. <laughs> and you would just listen to Howard. You'd never listen to Opie. Just be cliche. And I used to, to listen to Opie. Opie's pretty funny. When he was with Anthony. You know, without Anthony, I can't believe I'm saying this, but the show's actually better. They've like trimmed the sophomore, and it's a little more uh, cerebral. Would you be open to doing this on Sirius? Uh, well, there'd be some questions. There'd be some knots to be tied up. the so uh, questions I, I, as as would I be a part of it? <laughs> you don't want me a part of it, do you? I'd like to do multiple programs and have you be a part of one of them. Oh, I hate you. There's nothing wrong with that, Seth. Delicate little flower. Meow. What was I saying? I don't know. I was really building Great peacock. Oh, peacock. These are really cool guys. They got me wanting to drink whiskey, though. I wasn't thrilled about that. Welcome to the South. Oh, first of all, you weren't... Okay, stop it. I was going (laughs) to let you talk, but then you said
1: that. Go ahead. No, no. Rob. Rob says to me, I'm not drinking. Seth, put that beer down. You can't drink that beer. We've got to be professional. We've got to be professional. He's absolutely right. You don't get wasted when you're doing interviews, but a beer or two or three you know, throughout the day it's not a big deal. And then Rob's like the boys. They wanna they wanna do whiskey. Can I? They have a were shot? fun
2: to drink whiskey with. Can Those I are cool shot. guys, man. Yeah,
1: except for I said, yeah, go ahead, but just don't get wasted.
2: I did not get he wasted. Does six shots.
1: What are you talking? talking? Now
2: then you're, then you're then making he... shit
1: up. I'm making this up. Totally making it up. Then he. All right, I'm done making it up. He just said that. Go
2: ahead. Well, you can open the door to me talk about anytime you overindulge in the future. So thank you. You just handed me a stick to beat you with sometime down the road. You're a nice friend. It's, if I had more friends like that, it would be a wonderful world. Friendship is a virtue. Yes. And you virtuously just handed me a really blunt stick. Hey, blunt. That's one blunt of the people Blunt was we one of our guests. His name is Blunt <laughs> Floyd. He's the keyboard guitarist vocal. At our show, he didn't really play much keyboards. He didn't. I was going to ask him about that. We didn't ask yeah, him he, about that. He'll do, like, he'll intersperse in the songs on certain songs, but they, they, they broke out three new songs. I thought they had done only two, but there was a third new one, so I'm not. And the cover. Uh, The cover of uh, Whiskey Town. I forget the title of the song. And Andrew. Andrew Nelson. Really cool, dude. I mean, I feel like I could hang out and drink with that guy a lot. Yeah. He's he's got my kind of like, I don't know, easygoing cynicism to him. Uh, is that is that a... No, no, network? it's fine. It's fine. I,
1: I think you're right about that. And, uh, and one of the neat things about this interview, and again, Rob, you just said this a minute or maybe five minutes ago, but one of the nice things about Seven this interview... Seven minutes and
2: 23 seconds. Oh, ago.
1: All right, Brucey. So one of the neat things about this interview really was that
2: it went, it goes, and you'll hear it. it oh, that's uh, what I was starting to say. This is what I would like the podcast to be. Kind of an interview, but more also of a discussion. Easygoing, casual naturally flowing discussion cherub we kind of got there too with that
1: yeah yeah we definitely did uh you no, know, matter of fact i think we get there um we touch there with a lot because <laughs> but with uh the peacock guys we really it, it went and i think a lot of that by the way
2: is because they are podcast listeners so they, that's why i want joe pug on not to bring up joe pug again but Pug's he would scene. be a great guest Pugs. also scene. hosts his own podcast Pug said. Brilliant performer. Very funny guy. Smart.
1: But, let me, all right, let's get down to the nitty gritty Oh, here. right. Great
2: Peacock. Was oh, that your little haven't? fish reference, you little hippie?
1: No. That's not.
0: Let's get the show on the road. That's not what I said. <laughs> <laughs> My name's <is> Rob Turner. <laughs> I'll show you mine if you show me yours. <laughs> <laughs>
2: What's yours is mine. All right, let's get back on track. fine. Dialing
1: in. So, Great Peacock, young band in
2: lots of ways, <laughs> Why is Wait there? a minute. Wait wait wait, 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 wait. How many ways are they young? Other than their age. You <laughs> got me there, buddy. See, just make the words count, dude. Come on. All right, on. fine. One. Don't just throw out two, words. Two. Three. I'm counting my words. Four. So You should make the words count for you. You're doing the exact opposite of what I said. Right, fine. You're such a...
3: Beep.
1: <laughs> so, here's the point, And you're going to hear this in the interview. Interview great peacock is a band that if you haven't heard we encourage you to really listen to they and i say this in the interview and i'll say it again now they're one of the few bands i've heard lately that have a very tight sound i said polished in the interview but i mean a very tight sound and that you can listen to you listen to their songs over and over and over and over and still get pleasure.
2: And I find their their lyrics draw you in. Uh, and again, I say this in the interview as well, but they really take you to a nice, nice place. And they put you very much in the mind and in the... F- You're really getting into what where the voice of the song is coming from on their on their songs. You know what I mean? I do. Effortlessly. You don't really have to... sit down and rack your brain over it you know it's a little direct and um there's some wisdom for young guys they're they're pretty sharp they seem very easygoing and playful these are pretty sharp guys spoke to the uh
1: drummer and the bass player later that evening and uh they want to do an episode of the rhythm section sometime
2: you got it let's do that Uh, that the same kind of thing with um um who else did we interview well, I'm I'm being stupid, so I'm off mic intentionally. Uh, okay, <laughs> uh, I don't know, but several good Black Angels. Oh, I'd love yeah? to do, and, and their, their drummer is is a is a loose cannon. I've heard on some of the interviews. I think she would be fun to interview. She so would be. She I'd would like be. to do the same with the Black Angels.
1: All right. Well, we can uh, we can do that. Maybe next year we'll do all this interviews uh, in the same time of year, but with the other members of the band.
2: You're a dreamer. I love how you dream. Yeah.
1: Well, uh, back to the. It's inspiring
2: how you dream. Back to the. It's moving how you dream. (laughs) It really does. Is that what it's like talking to me? Anyway. It's like I can get emotional thinking about how you dream. So. But it's a good kind of emotional. The final piece on the great peacocks before we
1: get into them is. Great peacock. It's singular. Great peacock. Excuse me. Excuse me.
2: You're. (laughs) We interviewed him like 20 minutes ago, dude. <laughs> no, it's not 20 minutes ago. Come on, um, no, for, for real. We collect really... your thoughts. Dial it in. Come on, <laughs> come on, come on. You
1: know what, screw. It. I'm not going to talk about the
2: interview anymore. You got something to say? Further, say it. Without further ado, Seth has nothing to say.
1: I have a lot to say, but you won't let me think and collect myself. Seth thoughts. has nothing to say. This was a fantastic interview. We hope you enjoy all 90 minutes of it was it 90 minutes it was 90 minutes yes (laughs) and by the way the band asked us not to cut any of it so so we're not cutting it and i will say what i was going to say 10 minutes ago which is this if if i'm right and you're right then this 90 minutes will be
2: 90 minutes that most people won't have of a very famous band yeah, these guys are on their way if they continue to write. So I guess you never know when a band's going to dry up, though. You don't. But it does don't. seem like the three new ones that played at uh, Canla Park were, were pretty damn good. So it seems I, like...
1: I think they got potential. They got a great team behind them. and I feel
2: like I like their songs more than they like their songs. Well, Rob, you took your shirt off. I got topless. And that so. is hot. Women were freaking out.
1: Yeah, running the other direction in like screaming fear. People, women grabbing their children, covering their eyes, and rushing them back to, like, the corn dogs. So, without further ado. A couple of them liked it. Ladies and gentlemen, we bring to you here... A couple dudes, too. On Inside Out with Turner and...
2: The the terrorist-looking guy. Seth. The great
3: peacock
1: interview I got
0: a mirror a camera a bottle of tequila for two the window is singing the rain is always drowning the yeah, yeah.
2: And you're listening to Inside Out with Turner. And Seth, why are you doing the Turner thing now? You, you flip-flopped it. I did flip-flop it, but it's just to see
1: if any of our listeners were listening and we got a comment like in an email or something, but obviously we didn't. That's
2: okay. We are here with uh, Andrew Nelson and Blunt Floyd of Great Peacock.
4: Hola. Hello. Welcome, hey, thanks for getting Blunt's name right. Most oh, yeah? people say Blount.
2: So. Well, I want to know, is, is are your parents Steelers fans? Is it a, an, <laughs> an homage to Mel Blount? <laughs> no, it's not. it's not. And it's nothing about the childbirth process?
5: Absolutely not. <laughs> okay, It's a it's, family name. It's
2: just the way he speaks. It's a family name. Okay. Yeah. Um,
5: my mom wanted to name me after her dad, but his name was Rufus. So uh, she didn't like that, you know,
1: but I she decided name to name Rufus. I, I, I would say, I always say it wrong, so they say, no, you got to say it right. Rufus Wright. Rufus Wright. Uh,
5: <laughs> so, yeah, uh, she just named me her, her uh, maiden name, Blunt. Which is a good rock and roll name. That's where man. it came
4: from. Well, that's your mom's, I didn't know that's your mom's maiden name. Yeah. And now he Linda knows Blunt. all your passwords.
2: <laughs> <Right? Yeah. laughs> Getting to know you. <laughs> so, you guys just played a wonderful set at the Candlet Park Festival.
4: Thank you. We felt okay about it. I'm
5: just kidding. It felt good.
2: It had really good energy. and It was hot. Yeah, definitely hot. It was hot.
5: I got gassed. I'm not going to lie. He said he ran out of fuel. Well, you, were,
1: you were wearing a poncho. I know, 90 degree weather. So, about the poncho, if you don't mind me asking, is that uh, something that you've, this, that's part of you? Like, that's what you kind of, that's your stage? Yeah, about? it was
5: probably the best and worst decision of my life. The first show that we played that I was like, ah, I'll wear the poncho. And uh, ever since, I've just haven't been able to shake it. Well, was Gotta great. do it.
4: Nobody, nobody forgets your band. It's just that's the thing. It's like people don't like. It, I hate to say it, but like it seems kind of cheap to do things like that. But I don't think so because there's an entertainment factor involved oh, yeah. in it too. But then also, it's great. Like, I we go places. We'll just be like eating somewhere, and people are like,
5: "You guys are the Poncho Band." Hey, poncho Sanchez. <laughs> nice. Yeah, yeah I, I mean, can get them
2: remember you, man. When yeah. you're
5: starting out, you can't have like a big light show or insane production. So, kind of have to figure out a way
2: that will make people remember you, yeah. So, I'm a big fan of improvisational music and one thing that's a key to that is happy accidents and the reason I bring it up is it seems as though the name of the band was a happy accident. You kind of named the band on a lark but have found that it's fit what the band has grown into. Would that be accurate? It
4: was actually a well-calculated inebriated decision. We were inebriated and we just kept saying... (laughs) animals over and over again and then somebody <laughs> said peacock we were like oh yeah that's awesome and then somebody i think somebody said grape grape, grape peacock no, no,
5: like gray grape i said gray gray oh yeah gray. gray peacock
4: that would be a depressing peacock no,
5: and uh that would be you thought i said Look at the beautiful color and well just the down. body would be gray and the feathers could still be pretty
4: although that peacock could be like what's up motherfuckers i'm the gray peacock fuck all y'all
1: and and peacocks are in let's face it you know owls a couple years ago foxes now i'm telling you peacocks are gonna be next dude
4: people always send me on facebook and everything they're always like just like sending me pictures of peacock things all the time and they're like look at the peacock and I'm, I'm like i don't know how to like i don't want to be mean to them i, be, I just want to be like yeah so what like my band's name is great peacock i don't need a freaking picture of a peacock every five minutes now,
5: i feel terrible for my wife because literally everybody buys her peacock stuff <laughs> like she doesn't need any more peacock earrings you know she's got them <laughs> and, 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 and on the name though Is it true also you
1: guys played a festival In the outskirts of you know Bojong, Wonkjunk, whatever Alabama And they didn't really understand What they were getting in the band Instead of a backstage trailer they just got you a cage <laughs> you
4: know? uh, Some places have felt like that <laughs> Some places have definitely felt like that
2: A peacock feather is a beautiful thing it And is. it can be a good sex toy Ooh. you pair it up with an oar but that's a that's another podcast. that's like a, we checked off exclusive it's oh, called okay. the peacock tickler
4: oh really yeah. <laughs> i'm already i'm already
2: envisioning it's a very colorful tool. slap yeah or but the merchandising possibilities are endless for Venture. this band
4: i mean oh thank you we, we we're just trying to take a cue from jimmy buffett you know just make that money
2: and another <laughs> thing on titles and andrew i'm going to read a quote of yours and i want to talk about um the title of the album um there's a line of, uh, of the song that references the idea that uh, as human beings, we tend to make people ghosts that are in our lives. People come and go, and situations change over time. And someone that was so much a part of our life one day is almost like a ghost another day. And it's neither negative or, nor positive, it's just sort of an observation. And we live in the social media world. Sorry, now. hang on, Robin. Okay, go ahead. Which I'm just is.
1: Facebooking. Which, what was that? I was just Facebooking. I, was oh, that's good. That's right. Okay. <laughs>
2: But in a social media world where it's easier than ever to keep up with your old friends, but in a way, it's easier than ever to make a ghost of your current friends, would you not say or have this wall uh, yeah. of fake friends? So- I,
4: yeah, I, I I think I think even before that. I just I just think that's life, kind of like what you said the quote. I know that's boring for me to say that, but I just think that's life, you know. People come and go and it's weird how one day Somebody's your best friend, and then ten years later, it's somebody completely different, and you're not even. You rarely even talk to that guy that was your best friend ten years ago. You know what I mean? And then you get a phone call that like he died or something, and then you go, "Well, shit, we should have stayed best friends, right?" You know? And then one day, you know, you got somebody else like that, and then you're like, uh, "Oh, well, I don't miss him. I don't hang out with that motherfucker anymore. <laughs> I got a few women in my life that are no, they're ghosts now. They're ghosts."
2: But some of the, uh, you also say that you draw a lot of inspiration from the characters that you meet on the road, right? A lot of songwriting inspiration. Oh, yeah. Can you give a couple examples of songs that came out of people you met on the road?
4: Mm, I, I'm, I'm not that smart to recall them. <laughs> and we usually, I don't know, we usually go to bed really early after the shows um, and just drink tea and what? go to bed. So we, we don't really get much hangout time with people. You know, we try to be well-behaved
1: on the road. Is that for real? They're shopping for a record label right now. Just let them get it. Oh, okay. All right. Cool. No, I've seen grown women pee in men's journals on the road. (laughs) I mean, I've seen... (laughs) Well, that thing that, that with that, their the, out, the uh, the pocket penis, <laughs> yeah. like you know what I'm talking about? It looks like a funnel, but it's like the penis thing for a woman. Shee wee so pee pe- standing up. What's it called she wee This yeah. is like this is a pocket I hope my mom doesn't
2: them. listen to this podcast. She probably won't.
4: But.
1: It, and if she is this, you can get it online.
2: Yeah. It is available. Oh god! <laughs> <laughs> they market the women who talk in that vocal fry. You know that? Thing?
5: <laughs> yes. Oh, and those are the ones that need that. I've
3: got my pee wee. Like, I Man. got my shee I'll just. Go wherever oh, I need to now. Peewee,
1: not my pee-wee.
5: pee-wee. That's what you have. <laughs> I'm, I'm a pee-wee. <laughs> <A> Tallywhacker. <laughs> <laughs> I think
4: I, it, something like that, like that making ghosts thing. For me, meeting people on the road actually relates to that a lot because most people find I, uh, most people think I'm really like kind of mean and intense. It just, but it's usually because I'm honestly just like so thinking about the show and everything else that like. I come off as completely disinterested in people and so I think a lot of songwriting comes from that for me from that awkwardness of, of meeting people and that, that just like fear and that expectation that when somebody likes your music a lot and they meet you like you automatically feel like you have to act like you're their, be- their best friend like cool. within two seconds of meeting them and that's not an easy thing to fake. I have a hard time
2: with that. I've never had a problem with. it. Say, no, that's, he's... That's one of my. one of my specialties. <laughs> Amen. Hey, so good What's to up? see you. How you doing, I'm Captain Fake? Yeah. Oh
3: my God! But it's not fake. you know,
2: I don't.
4: No, with Seth and Blunt, both they seem very genuine, like that.
2: Whereas it's my personality. I thought it was pretty yeah. easy rolling with you last night. I met you for the first time last night during. Yeah, but when you turned around, Andrew came up to me. and Goes that motherfucker better keep his shirt on. <laughs> <tomorrow."> <laughs> yeah, this band got me topless. It's been a while.
1: Oh, yeah.
4: He I he got looked, topless at the festival today. Too. It was the song
2: after Butterfly. You look good. <laughs> uh, not Butterfly, Rattlesnake. 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 Hey, uh, just a quick interlude
1: here. Uh, Spike, the uh, Terrapin Brewmaster, owner extraordinaire, he is here with some Terrapin beer. Oh, nice. Oh, oh, so not gosh. only is he sponsoring the uh, festival, but he's also sponsoring our podcast. Perfect so. timing. I know. Was this oh, like oh, sour beers? Oh, or
0: no? I, I yes, I drink. like
1: all beers. Right on. I'm a big fan
0: of I haven't uh, met many,
2: many that I didn't pill. like. Oh, right on. I've
4: had rye, I mean, that's really that, that, that just like your classic. The watermel- a what's watermelon.
2: It uh, what's it? Watermelon what? Watermelon Goza. Goza, but the Pilsner is what you really Pilsner. want to try. It's Goza.
3: a, a yeah. sound
4: check. Is anyone Pilsner. else like this? I do not like watermelon, and it's weird for a southerner. Like, people are always like, you don't like watermelon? I'm like, no, I don't like watermelon. But I love watermelon flavored stuff. And it's the Jolly opposite, it's the opposite with bananas. Bananas are delicious, but how terrible
2: banana flavored. is banana-flavored stuff? Ooh, I'm not big on grapefruit, but there's a couple grapefruit beers out there I really like. Mm. They'll go nameless at this it's, moment. I'm but. not
1: big on shit,
2: but, <laughs> but you talk it.
4: <laughs> oh, man. You should have seen this the one awesome. I laid down before it's I got on stage awesome. today.
2: It really is good.
5: summertime goes in. It's got
2: coriander, salt. Coriander, salt. Coriander, salt, and watermelon rind? Concentrate. Concentrate. Mm. Yeah. I can
5: get yard drunk on yeah, this. Like
2: That's a star of our fifth episode, Spike Bukowski, head brewmaster at Terrapin Beer, who sponsored the Candler Park Music Festival, which is a wonderful festival, although you guys should have been on later in the day. I really believe that. But can you talk, because there are fans of yours who are going to be listening, presumably? Yes. Talked about the Rattlesnake song, because it's new.
5: Yeah. Uh,
4: You go
5: uh, I guess we've only been playing it for like three months or so. Yeah. It's probably our, yeah, our... Well, We went on tour sorry. with
4: Driving and Crying for a while, and that was kind of like our new song, and we played it every night. Um, for me, the song is, not to get too serious again, but for me, the song is about um, the lifestyle we were talking about, and um, it's, for me, it's about addiction. It's like, you, it's, it goes, you know, there's a rattlesnake loose in my house, poisoning me with its dirty mouth. Oh, God damn it. Once you let me out, you know, and then it talks about a lion, basically the same way and and a poisonous apple. But the chorus is like, uh, hey, baby, can you save me? I got lost in the rock and roll. Hey, baby, can you save me? I'm losing self-control because there are times when I feel that way. I'm like,
2: do you struggle with addiction?
4: Oh, I I definitely struggle with alcohol for sure.
2: But is the hey, baby, the person, the thing you're addicted to or is the hey, baby, the person who's taking you from what you're addicted to protecting you from it?
4: Honestly, it's kind of both. Okay. Because, you know, like, women are like that. Sometimes you want them to save you, and then sometimes you want them to leave you the fuck alone. Oh, I know. That, that, you that, you that's, that's called that
5: marriage. Stuff. Yes.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Baby, Do you take care of this? God damn it, why are you doing this?
4: All right, easy, tiger.
5: Yeah, yeah when we were writing it, we were just uh, kind of throwing out, like, nonsensical stuff and... We uh, were like, oh crap! It kind of makes sense but now. Yeah, it's yeah.
4: that it's that, that therapy thing about writing, where like or like uh, stuff just comes out, like that you would have said at therapy, but you're writing a song and it just comes out, and you're like, oh shit, I know what that means.
1: Is that your process? Can you talk about your process a little bit? Of songwriting is that something? Is, is do you take songwriting as a you know, therapeutic? Like, all right, guys, we got to get together, and who in yeah. who in the band are the songwriters? Just,
4: it's, it's us too. Mm-hmm. I find that together. the best songs are the ones that do come out like that. And then there are other times when I will sort of plan out what I'm thinking of in my head. Like, if I'm on a road trip, I'll be like, I want a song that has this says this. And then I go to try to write that song, and then 90% of the time, fail trying to do that. And then 10% of the time, you'll get a good song like that. But usually, to me, the best songs are the ones that kind of come out of thin air, and you write them in about two or three minutes. We were literally talking about this this morning. We were talking about like the idea of songwriting and it being a craft and stuff, how we almost think that's bullshit. Cause it's like, honestly, it's like, we just get lucky.
2: But there is a, a, a thread of cinematic quality to your lyrics in, in that. And, and this well, is something that Seth and I kind of came separately and then talked about immediately. It's just,
1: it's when, sometimes when I hear your music, I actually am picturing it the guy closing, walking out of the car, closing the door, put his head low and just, you know, having that deep, deep thought walking back as his woman leaves him flicking him off.
2: Yeah, you can like yeah. see it. <laughs> <laughs> you can see it. That's you know? so, so
3: an accurate
4: description of that, <laughs> that sort of uh, subconscious songwriting that just flows, actually. that is.
1: So, I mean, do you, maybe, maybe, maybe you sometimes like are watching a TV and you're like, our song would, you know what? Our song should go right here.
4: Oh yeah. I actually we don't we're not a big enough band to, ha- to have the budget to do this, but a lot of the songs will I will I will sit there and think all the time I'll be like this is what I want the music video to be. And it's mm-hmm. like those stories like that and and I'm always just like damn I wish we had the money to do this. <laughs> you know, I, I I actually don't like making music videos unless it's like I don't want Stories. it to be live. Yeah, I don't want it to be like a live performance or like story based.
1: We saw a cool spot yesterday. The uh, Wonder <coughs> Dog Sound stu- Studios uh, in Marietta. It's a like house, and it's a, a, a um, the basement is like all studioed, straight. You know, all the studioed up, and it's got nice rate, wooded
2: area in the back.
1: But yeah. uh, but that vibe um, for the, they do they do the reason why I brought that up is they do live uh, they do live video shoots there and they come out fantastic. Yeah. But that, that whole call uh, us guys. Yeah, well, that's the new thing.
4: It's the new affordable thing for bands to do. We have we have quite a few of those. Um, it's an affordable way to, to get content out because really all you're doing in this whole business, besides trying to write good songs and start drawing a crowd and make some money at it, um, besides like the art of it and all that, like you how to do that is like it's just to constantly be like yelling at people. You have to have something new to put out. But like, you guys also, you just have to keep doing it over and over again.
1: True, but as a band. I mean, Rob and I, won't say the name of the band, we were listening to, and I'm like, yeah, this is a good album, but I I wouldn't listen to this song over and over again. Then when we were doing a little research on you guys, we sat and we put on YouTube, and basically we kept hearing a couple of the same songs over Tennessee, you know, going over and over Mm -hmm. a couple of different songs you do, and it doesn't get old. You're one of the few bands that I can honestly say you have great lyrics, but your music doesn't get old. You can listen to it too. over and over and well, over thanks. and over
3: again.
4: Appreciate
5: well, we, we it. didn't. I'm
4: we didn't rewrite the the wheel or what, however that phrase goes. I don't know. Um, we didn't Rework do anything. We didn't. We haven't tried to <laughs> we do didn't anything. rewrite the
0: wheel. That's amazing. That, that is. Amazing. I just <laughs> rewrote
4: the wheel, didn't I? I just rewrote the wheel. Um, and by will, I mean uh, my inheritance. Um, we uh, we didn't set out to do something like uh, just crazy. Change something. We just was like, let's do something good let's just focus on it being really good that's all that matters Mm -hmm. you know
2: and today other than the cover they were all from making ghosts right other than the cover uh,
4: there are three other songs that uh, we've been playing for a while
2: that are brand new oh tell me you guys have an
1: album in the works yes or is it done
4: uh, we have two singles coming out next month um which, I don't know when this airs, because I don't know if we can say that yet. Well,
2: I did talk to your lawyer, who's actually my lawyer as well. <laughs> and uh, The and, dynamic Matt Wilson. Hi, Matt. Um,
4: the, um, yeah, no, we actually have enough material for our, a new album. We just, um, we just
1: need the dough to do it. And uh, if you're interested in providing that dough, you can <laughs> reach out to InsideOut, WTNS at gmail.com, or Matt Wilson. Well, here's the funny Cause thing. everybody
2: knows Matt. One, one of the things I learned reading about them is that they'll often uh, uh, fantasize about recording here or there if they had money, and then they slap themselves and realize we live in Nashville. We, we have plenty of places to record here. Is
4: that <laughs> Yeah. Oh, yeah. We always talk about that stuff. I've, I've, one of my favorite games to play, being in a band, is, is we, any band does this. I'm sure that bands that are big, that want to be even bigger than they are, do this, too. You go... Man, when we make it, we're gonna do this. It's like people when they're (laughs) like, "If I won the lottery, I would do this." We're always like, "We would, we would go to Cancun and record for like a month, and you know, or just anything." Or like, if we, when we have our own crew, we're gonna have this and that, and oh, these are the pranks we're gonna play on our guitar techs, and you just
2: we'll record (laughs) a box set at Abbey
4: Road. We already decided that you know whoever our guitar tech becomes, we're gonna call him Squeets, no matter what his name is.
2: That's good. He's taking the. I already named him. Yeah. yeah. He's prenamed. named
4: Squeeze. Um, Give me some smokes.
1: Now, on that, though, I mean, I'm, you know, you guys, you guys have a very polished sound in terms of your sound doesn't sound like uh, a band that plays the 130 slot. You sound like a band that plays the 1030 slot. You guys are solid from start
2: to finish, you know, and you perform a very solid, solid show. I'd say polish in the studio, more gritty live.
1: Yeah, yeah. But and, and, and I mean, that's why I'm trying to explain polish because I know it wasn't the right word to use. So I'd have to keep going. Are you going calling with this it.
2: sloppy? <laughs> <laughs> I'm
1: just. Kidding. My point, though, with that gritty. is. Some normally, of my guitar solos, do they you get sloppy. there. <laughs> you normally get to that place where you can do a performance solid like that when you have a crew. But you're not on the road with the sound guy. You're not on the road doing a guitar text. You guys are loading your guitars in on and off we the We drive stage.
4: ourselves, we load it in ourselves. We, I mean,
5: we do everything. Get our three minute sound check. See, that's gritty.
4: Yeah. That's probably why it is Gritty Lives, because by the time we get up there to do it, we're like, oh, man, fuck, I'm tired.
2: Do you ever go off the map when it's your own, when it's your own show? Do you ever extend the jams or duel we both do, lead at the same time? We,
0: we do it when
4: we can get away with it. Our drummer is probably the best musician in the band. He's the only guy that's like trained at it, and he can be a real stickler. He's like, no, we're not doing that tonight.
1: Gotcha. How would he, your drummer describe your music? No, just kidding. <laughs> uh, he yeah,
4: would he probably, wants everything he would, super He would planned. probably say the drums are really good. That's what he would say. The drums are great. Yeah. I don't know about everything else.
2: Or he'd just describe it as a paycheck? Yeah. <laughs> probably
4: not. Not yet, possibly. But <laughs> yeah. not uh, enough to be called that yet.
2: Yeah. I what wish. was Shotgun Lover like? Their previous band. Oh.
5: Angry, loud. It was very, like, downer rock. Pentatonic. Kind of very pentatonic very
4: pentatonic riffy I, I loved it though it was fun because
5: yeah.
2: there's little windows of that you'll build to yeah. it for a flash so yeah. it kinda
4: it, it's coming back a little bit just 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 very it should yeah it peeks its head out It's sometimes we had
5: to you know we only have four guys on the road now and it's hard not to rock out when you have two electric guitars and drums and bass
4: I'll come up with a song idea and I'll show it to Blunt sometimes, and he'll go, hey, "You know, that dude? That's so shotgun lover. We can't play that."
2: <laughs>
4: and I'll just shoot it down right then.
2: And your producer um, is it Rodriguez, Fernandez,
4: Fernandez, Fernandez. Dan, Fernandez, Dan? Fernandez? Yeah. Dan.
2: And you met him through a friend of yours. Yeah, yeah. Does Does he ever resolve any of the,
4: <laughs> In the discrepancies? Let's say, yeah, yeah. But hell he's yeah. never a part of the songwriting process.
2: You bring the songs to him completed.
4: Yeah. But I mean, before we play something, I mean, before we record something, we we will have played it at least forty-five times on the road first. You know, it will be ninety-nine percent arranged. Uh, It's just I I like having it kind of done before we go to the studio. That's the the clock's ticking, man. Are you very controlling? Am I very controlling? Probably.
1: Would you say he's controlling? Mm. He's not listening. They he's are on listening. the couch. He's not
5: it's listening. It's not gonna hurt my. Feelings. I mean, <laughs> yeah, but he would probably say the same about me. So no, we're not just not in different gonna, ways. You're
1: not controlling.
5: We're gonna treat this like this There are the couches, uh-uh. therapy
1: style, and maybe a new song's yeah. gonna come out of this. So let's see where this goes. Where's the craziest place? Passive ever made aggressive. <laughs> you it. are passive
4: aggressive. <laughs> That's the difference. That's the
1: difference between us. Is he's,
4: he's passive aggressive, and I'm more likely to be like, shut the fuck up. <laughs>
1: And does that play out in the lyrics, where your lyric will come out pretty hard? she's like, actually, no, let's just say rainbow. (laughs) No, not
4: really. Can you
5: soften the fuck? Uh,
1: But no, actually,
4: when it comes to the songwriting, though, away from his passive-aggressive, he's very quick to tell me that, like, I don't like that song, I don't like that lyric, I don't... And we've been doing it so long together that neither one of us get our feelings hurt. It's one of the reasons why I only like writing with him, Mm -hmm. is because... Usually, somebody always gets their feelings hurt. Or there's that one. This is gonna sound okay. This to sound like a dick, but there's always that one guy in the room. You got like three people in there, and there's that one guy in the room that like offers nothing to the process other than saying shit they don't like. And then it's like, uh-huh. and then you got like, oh, cool. Have fun with that one third of the copyright and the publishing you're gonna get for doing nothing.
2: But. A window yeah. into the music industry, people. Yeah. Or the uh, there's always a situation
1: too where you have that the one out of the three that doesn't really suggest anything, only says how things are bad, and then as soon as something good comes up, it's like you want credit. Yeah, hey, what do you think? <laughs> hey, you know
4: what? There's sometimes a good editor. I mean, having just a solid editor that says no. I mean, that's mm-hmm.
1: uh, you know that's a good thing. Do you pull that into uh, put uh, kind of push that onto the producer to kind of
2: help soften the blow? Yeah, that's what producers are for. Right? Yeah. Just soften the blow. I guess, so why or they to, they be the, to be the buffer, sort of. I, uh, or the voice of reason.
4: Um, yeah. Oh, you, when I go in the studio, I will give my opinion. I'll be very opinionated. But I tend to, if we're working with somebody that we say that's the producer, I I, I tend to do what they say, you know? Because, I mean, yeah. why, else, we, why else have them if you're not going to listen yeah. to them?
1: Well, And Nashville has tons of studios and lots of producers. Are, is there a lack of female producers? I'm trying to... I don't really... can't name one off the top uh, of my head. There
4: are some, but, yeah, no. It's like... But... Such a you know what? Club. I, I hope this doesn't sound misogynistic at all, but I I think you don't see. It's not just that there's a lack of them. I don't. How many girls do you know are like say, out there saying I want to be an audio engineer? I've met like two in my life.
1: I want to wear black shirts.
4: And I, you know <laughs> what? The girls that, that do, you know, say that that I've met and want to do it. They're they're successful. Yeah, they they're found a way badass. to do it. I do think there's probably still like a good old boy club out there that's definitely like like you know shut up and go get me some coffee. You're not gonna tell me what to do in the studio. But most. I mean, those, I those girls that want to do it, you got to be tough to do it, and yeah. they do it. Mm-hmm.
2: I got to point out, Gillian Welch and David Rawlings produced one of my favorite Robin Hitchcock albums, so I will yeah. say that.
4: Alison Krauss has produced some amazing records. Yeah, good point. Oh, well, Excellent. Yeah,
2: they're, they're... Um, I'm also someone who's not afraid to flaunt my ignorance. And there's something that was key in your development that I'm not familiar with, and that's called the uh, This Is America Showcase. Can you tell us what that is? And
4: oh, uh, that, that that's the label that put out our our record. Okay, that, that was just a showcase for them. <clears throat> Yeah, that
5: was a a show that they that the label put together and uh, yeah, Waverly and uh, Waverly, huh? Yeah, Standard Deluxe. So if no, if if
4: people are listening oh. to this, that are, if you're listening to this, you're obviously a music fan. If You're listening to this and you live in the southeastern area of you know Georgia, Alabama, Tennessee, whatever. Go to Waverly, Alabama, to Standard Deluxe when Scott Peake does a old 280 boogie in the fall or the spring. And he has a little house concerts too. They have this little house where they do great concerts. Um,
1: yeah, I'd
5: say go to the house. The, the, house, the show little house shows great. are amazing. Wait a
1: second, I had a friend that just just did that. He was just talking about that, and uh, and last week he just came back from something and he was just glowing like, like yeah. I haven't seen him glow like that since I don't know. Maybe he saw the Grateful Dead live yeah. or something. I mean, it was it's was big. We played you know, a
4: house show there, and it was one of my most favorite shows we've ever played. We had a day off recently between. Somewhere in Georgia, in uh, New Orleans, and we had the day off, and we were actually randomly staying in in the Auburn area, and uh, we just looked on Facebook and was like, "Oh sh- shit! American Aquarium was playing the Little House tonight." We went over there. It was a great show. It was amazing. That that is.
2: And to stay regionally relevant,
3: mm-hmm.
2: Blunt is from Dothan, Alabama and is uh, curating a festival. Can you tell, yes, us, about tell us about that? Tell us about that. I can't say much right now. Uh-oh. But
5: um, the lawyers have his plan, I gotta say, I'll call them. Yeah, that. Um, it's gonna be uh, at the Wiregrass um, Museum of Art. Wiregrass. 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 That's that's a thing. Okay. What, we, wow.
1: what, what size event is? Wiregrass are we talking? is like this really uh, probably
5: like a thousand people or so, mm-hmm. hopefully. You I'm guys hoping.
1: Ha- you guys are the headliners?
5: Um, yeah, I'm putting Show's it together. Show's gonna be going so. from
1: 9 a.m. till 2 p.m. Yeah, not just kidding. just
5: <laughs> No, <laughs> it'll probably start oh, wow. around six and go till a little after eleven. Uh, bands, six bands.
3: What,
1: what band? Like, um, if not if you can't say the name of bands. Say, it's yeah, fine. Yeah. But what yeah. uh, what caliber, level, caliber, friends, like bands yeah, are our
5: friends? Our size. People are sized.
2: Yeah. It's gonna be good. You this were gonna tell so us fun. what wiregrass?
4: August the 13th. Oh yeah, wiregrass is that cheap weed? Oh okay. Yeah. Did
2: you get it out of the back of a magazine or something? Yeah. This August.
1: Yeah, that's
4: August coming 13th. up, son. We got to yeah. get
2: that out. There. I got to get it done. Yeah. You know By the
1: time this airs, it'll be like a week or As before, our booking so, agent uh, would yeah. say, you
4: need to announce. Yes, that's you the, do. T- that's the, the term in the industry. You need to announce it.
1: Who's your agent now?
4: Uh, Jesse Rozoff. With? United Talent Agency.
2: Out of? <laughs> New York City. Oh, excellent. A New York Booker.
4: You guys have booked yeah. from New York City? They were on the ag- <laughs> It was the agency group before that. And oh, then, yeah. I've it, it, they, they, United they, they, Talent is like a big like film and sports went out in LA and they wanted a music division so they basically just merged
1: so maybe there's a chance that some of your music can actually get into the sports world nah no you don't think so I wish. You know, I would love
0: it NBA player. Uh, nah, nah. hey <laughs> no that not <didn't laughs> be like that nah, nah,
4: nah. Um, I would love that are you kidding yeah. me the paycheck would be awesome I'd buy a fucking boat um, and then record on it <laughs> yeah.
5: and buy yeah. Yeti 110 ice down with some silver which bullets
4: which stinks the only thing that stinks about them merging I know people listening to this don't care about what we're talking about well, right now no no is, no, no that, they so do, you'd be it's surprised very, the only thing, thing that stinks issues. about them merging and them becoming the United Talent Agency is the agency group had an awesome logo and UTA I know you represent us but if you're listening to this right now your logo <laughs> sucks it's if you're like, looking
2: for a new logo, you can see John Sweetwood with Sweetwood Designs, <laughs> who did our logo and is going to be married in the Ozarks by this man right here. I now right. pronounce right. you oh, wow. husband and
4: wife. Did you have to get one of those certificates just for Yeah, this? but it was
1: weird because they said, you know, they asked questions and then they looked at me and they go, are you sure you're not a rabbi?
4: <laughs> <laughs> what, is there a specific uh, like faith or denomination that you... No,
1: I'm just, I'm just ordained by Shalom, the... Shalom Shabbat. Yeah yeah no,
2: I'm I'm just online, you know, just whatever. Yeah. The Church of Brotherly Love. I don't know something like that. That would be cool. <laughs> so when you played the Mercury Lounge in March, did the do the people from the company come out?
4: Uh, yes, yeah, some. It's New can- York, man. New York's crazy. Like, there's uh, every time you try to get people a show, it's, you're lucky if they come because they're it's always like, I got hard. this and I got that, and right, I got this right. and I got that, and then maybe it will fit it in. Yeah, yeah. There's and the funny so thing much- about New York is like everyone in the industry, they don't go to see bands on weekends because it's their job. Right. And they only go to see a band on a weekend if it's something they want to do like for leisure. They so like and a lot of them live
5: out of town so If you showcase you to in take New York, train you have to
4: do it weekdays.
1: Town. Interesting.
2: But you got an excellent review in No Depression magazine for that show and their album was among the albums of the year from No Depression magazine up there with Jason Isbell and Brandi Carlile and all that kind of stuff. So that's pretty impressive stuff. It's awesome. awesome. What are some that. other accolades you've gotten from that album last year? Similar to that,
4: um, fans from people that like it. That's all I care about. You, you
2: see the audiences growing. You see the rooms improving. Uh,
4: some, some. It didn't do. It. I personally took it hard. I, I considered it a commercial failure for a long time hmm. because we we was we first, expected it to be a lot bigger. And, it was the first time mm-hmm. we had a really good marketing budget, and we had people on our team that we thought were like pretty heavyweights in the music industry and and um, you know I still have a hard time not, not taking it personal as but this day
3: and
2: age isn't the album really promotion I mean don't you see well, people singing hold, along with your hold, go I, ahead I, no no
1: you're, you're absolutely right and that can go in a different direction but I do want to dive into what you were just saying there um, and, and a lot of times as a as a young band you get the opportunity and this is across the board especially when a booking agencies you get yourself into a large booking agency and it's like I mean, how am I not going to be playing with Wilco? I mean, they represent Wilco, and they represent. (laughs) And and there's so many things you think. Well, can I interrupt you too, just one
4: second? Just, I'm not including my booking agent in Mm -hmm. that. What I just said, he's been (laughs) he's been fantastic (laughs) and nothing but great. I love him to death. He's doing a
2: kick-ass job. Got this gig. This is a good gig. Although you should have been later in the day, but that's not your booking agent. (laughs) I
1: I don't mean this in in reflection to you all, but I just bringing up that point. And I, I was a publicist, and I was you know smaller. But if people went and came with me. They got everything. Whereas, yeah. if they went with a larger firm, you would think that there'd be more opportunities, but they don't always pan out. to Sometimes be those they get lost in the shuffle. You right? get lost in the shuffle. You're, you know, sometimes you get pawned for something else. I mean, it's like oh, you yeah. got to look at like a football. You know, sometimes <clears> people need a needs things in their roster, but it doesn't always. Well, relate. I've
4: actually been told the bands our size basically fund the larger pub- publishing uh, publicity places. Oh yeah, that like you know they have their that said publicist has their like three or four you know heavyweight roster that they've been working with for 10 to 15 years and then they occasionally get somebody on a new project that's kind of just underneath that size wise and they work hard on that but then they have constantly i mean they constantly have bands our size that and you know they get their they get their mm-hmm. their, their their full paycheck and it, it basically funds the you well, know
1: it, it does but then and then on the publicist side you know a young band like yourself comes out uh, has you know new album so now they're put you know like let's like three cycle tour going to Colorado the first time you're there don't really get anything yeah. the second time you're there they got a picture in the paper you know with with <laughs> you know what's coming up the third time you're there maybe they got a review or perhaps you're, you have an album that's released and now there's a mention of the album and then you go back for the fourth time and you get nothing you're like fuck this publicist <laughs> <laughs> it's like you know they got you everything they could there's only yeah. so much they're going to write about you and then, yeah.
4: there's a, yeah there there's definitely you know, you can't, it, it's a gamble. Well, being in this industry is a gamble, but publicity <laughs> yeah. is definitely a huge gamble and it's an expensive gamble. It is funny though when you walk away from the process and you go, you go, well, shit, that guy made more money off this record than anybody else did. Uh, that's... <laughs> you know what I mean? You, you say being so in this industry
2: in is a gamble. That reminds me that also you kind of had to be talked into doing this, right? Oh, the yeah. The most recent project? Oh yeah! Can you talk about that? I mean, Thank this you. almost didn't happen, right?
4: Yeah, we we, we yeah. quit the uh, the aforementioned band, Shotgun Love. you? We we're talking about and um, yeah, we I didn't see it as a way to live anymore, and we just kind of wrote some songs and put it out there on. on uh, yeah, we wanted to just do something SoundCloud for fun, something like that. Yeah, and but then all
5: uh, you go ahead. Yeah, sorry. No, I was just saying that we wanted to do something for fun and uh, you know not have to take it so serious like we did the other band and uh yeah then everybody liked it more than anything else we had
0: ever done yeah it was
4: it was like everyone loved it and we were like oh shit so then somebody talked us into making a record for 250 bucks we made an ep whoa because a friend basically just did us a solid and yeah um for
1: 250 bucks why even charge you just wanted to do it yeah just kidding that's really really Um, nice of them that's meal money
4: and uh so we did it and then it just everything just happened i i I love doing this now and i I had the realization the other day i i get really stressed out about it all and i think oh well it's never gonna happen like i want it to happen and this and that and i think for the first time and a while, like maybe years or since we even started this, I was actually honest with myself enough to go, you know what? You're just always going to do it. There's there's not going to... Because like, you always say, well, if this doesn't work out, I'm going to do this, or I'm going to do this for this job, or I can do this. And th- it was the first time, like, two or three days ago, I was like, you're just going to keep doing this. You will find just a way. Just go ahead and accept it. And the minute you accept it, you'll yeah. be a lot happier about the whole process.
1: To comfort you on that thought, if you look around, you look at some of these musicians like Marco Benevento, Tommy Hamilton, they, you know, there's a wide range of musicians. On, and these ones I mentioned because they're, they're the ones that have stuck around, stuck around, and then, like, you know, 20, 20 30 years into their career... They're doing different things. They're constant musicians. Or yeah. like last night, we were talking to Keller Williams, who's obviously a very successful musician. Yeah. But, you know, he's constantly pushing out new projects. And as you expand your time, it's not always the one thing. It's you are, you are a musician. Yeah. You will, find, you will you know, find your place in Chris
4: music. Chris Perfect example. Yeah, but he's also like... Been writing. He's also just like, I mean... I said writing songs gets lucky. That's one of those guys that, it, no, it is a craft for him. He's just that good. I mean, I, it's hard. And he was born with a voice that nobody else has.
2: Why do you think it took him so long to get the success when he has a voice like that and the writing ability? Well,
4: he, he was he was jumping around, kind of like what we said was the first time we did something everybody liked about. He was jumping around genres and projects. He had a southern rock band for a while, and then he was in, you know, the... Um, the Bluegrass Band for a long time. And, and I think he was jumping around and then he finally did something that was really him, or at least I don't know who he is. I don't know the guy. It just it seemed like it was really him. It
5: sounds like him. that's yeah, for sure. Are, like, you, well, are
1: yeah. you his publicist now?
4: I, I would, hey, I, if he brings us up on the road, then I'll,
1: yeah. I have a feeling, it and this, would is be, gonna, fit. this is gonna be just me you just know, vamping here, but I have a feeling we're going to see with uh, from Chris Stapleton uh, something very similar to what we saw come out of Zach Brown. Where he, you know, Chris becomes the brand in a lot of ways. He brings up a lot yeah. of he brings a lot of talent through his success. And I don't know. I could be wrong, but I do. That's kind of well. See I've I've
4: happened. been told that he does. He only brings friends on the road, is like what MC Hammer told. style. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Oh, not that many friends. <laughs> Entourage the of of I think you know he actually said something really cool that I like a lot. Um, I dog a lot of the modern country music like everybody else does. But I also openly admit that I like a lot of it. Mm. I think there's good and there's bad. And I think that country, I'm obsessed with the idea of what is country music. Because nobody can really define it. And one thing I like he said, they, they were like, oh, you're, you know, you know neo-country. Neo-country. Like, you know, or, you know, like, uh, I don't know what the term is. They're like, you're a purist. You're playing real country music again. And he was like, he was basically like, that's this shit ain't any better than the other shit that's on the radio that you're putting down. He's like, it's just music.
5: You know? It's just, that's just music. It doesn't yeah, I like, like this, I don't, man. he's like, I don't feel like one's good or one's bad. But even with that said, it's a special time in you know, country music, especially. Well, it's I cyclical. Mean, we were talking like, my dad, my dad was like, hey, it, ha- it happened for Chris Stapleton.
0: <laughs> you know? <laughs> it's <laughs> It's cyclical. Oh,
1: Craig, you remember him when he was just a little <laughs> boy. I remember him. The industry likes
4: to push its limits because it always wants to have the success of pop music. Oh, yeah. So it pushes its limits and then people get tired of it and then it comes back around to the real thing again. Mm-hmm. Like case in point, you listen to like a lot of late late seventies country and in the eighties, um, band like Alabama, very country band, eighties stuff, really pop direction, you know, everybody starts doing that. And then what do you have? Nineteen eighty nine you got guys like Alan Jackson, George Strait, Randy Travis. You got all these guys coming back that are doing straight country, and everyone loves it. Mm-hmm. Everyone loves it, and I think that's what we're kind of maybe getting at. You know, we may might be getting there. My problem with it all is, is the new stuff. Is just that the lyrics are so dumb.
2: That's the key. Yeah, I was gonna say that's yeah. the difference. Stapleton's yeah. lyrics really speak to me in a way that a lot of like.
1: Can't hear.
2: Go ahead and sing sir. no, it's just background man. you know
4: what though <laughs> I do think country music should always have a degree of hokiness it should It should be about really hard stuff hokey, less and pokey. difficult stuff, but it needs a degree of country bumpkin charm too
1: sure, but it doesn't have to be about the girl and her shorts and the no, no 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 it's a backwards undercurrent no dude that's just the formula
4: it that's is. the formula. Uh, it, same subject matter, same same chord progression, same BPM, you know, same producer. But you know what? You're going to get that too with like, you know, you're going to get that with Dave Cobb now. Everybody's like, I got to work with Dave Cobb, I got to work with Dave Cobb. And don't get me wrong, I love the albums he's done, but people act like, especially a lot of bands our size, they're like, I got to, and like, that's not going to make you famous working with Dave Cobb.
1: It's so funny you say, we were talking about the same thing yesterday we were at the, I mentioned the Wonder Dog sounds studio and we we're talking to their producer mark about that and i was i was asking the question like i remember this other producer that produced this band's album and he was like he he just got a grammy and then this and then all these young bands went and recorded with him like where is he now and it's and we were talking about that and he's like well you got to yeah. realize these producers they get hot for a certain away. sound they Get flooded with it because everyone expects to have this, and sometimes it it does. You get a lot of bands that have are very successful, all sounding very alike. But yeah, you're right. I
4: but, think Dave Cobb's great. I don't know the guy again. I don't know. I like what he's done. I'm not putting down Dave Cobb. I'm just it's just idea mm-hmm. of it's the follower mentality.
2: Yeah, it's your ticket to the yeah. to ride. It's yeah, impressive. like oh
4: well, they had success doing that. I'm gonna do that. It's the same thing with the cheesy lyrics and the country songs. Mm-hmm. And I am tired of hearing about these backwoods parties because. I've never been invited to one, and they, <laughs> and they sound fucking awesome. And I've never been invited, so I don't think they exist. The right
1: one, I've been about. There. It's awesome it being at the back backwoods <laughs> in the house. Oh right? yeah, in the I have.
4: House. I have smoked some backwoods cigars,
1: though, drink, before. drink Oh, I have not. I mean,
5: obviously, I had moonshine, it's a brand. But, it's not like
4: oh. it's not like a thing. It's just a cheap <laughs> brand of cigar. It's like Philly's blunt. Yeah,
5: Andrew, like you've that. never lived unless, you, unless you've been to a South Alabama field party. I haven't lived yet. Haven't lived. See, when
2: you guys get invited, though, you got to bring us along. Uh-huh. Absolutely. Oh, hell yeah. And I can talk in an
1: accent. <laughs> <laughs> you're going to get your ass kicked, dude. Exactly. That's it's Because of my face? Because I'm That'd Jewish be...
4: looking? No, Is No, that the, why? no. You know, The fake country accent. Like, oh, there was a brief second like, where I was like, I wanted to kick your ass. I was like, listen uh, to this motherfucker. That would be great <laughs> for the show.
2: Could you? <laughs> <laughs>
1: would you prefer to do an old Jewish woman? He does his
2: mother, too. You you
1: guys, you're great.
4: Oh I really no! Think
0: you
1: could do better.
4: Actually, if you did that, if you did that at the back with people everybody would
0: be like, "Hey, Zach, come over here, man!
4: Do that voice."
1: So. <laughs> I will say this though, on the so note, you know, what you know, what old Jewish women do? Sow <laughs> They do. They sew.
4: Do they, and if uh, young Jewish women, a Jewish they thing? sue. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. I uh, think Jewish girls are so hot.
2: Uh, some of them are. Yep. You know, uh, all my. S- of course, it, I'm married to.
3: A sh- a before I,
2: yeah, before I got married, before I met the woman I fell in love with, all my serious girlfriends had been Jewish, so I was known as as uh, Jewish ahead. by insert Jewish by insertion.
1: <laughs> I always kind of wish that that's was good. Jewish, you know. Um, be t- good for the business, I music up, business. I up, that's yeah. a good point.
4: <laughs> I grew up Pentecostal. There's like a lot of guilt and and shame and that
1: and, and stuff. Does that come know? through in your music?
4: Oh yeah. The cool thing about this band is everybody's played in church. Yeah, that's how you really learn how to play and entertain people, and manipulate people's emotions. Honestly, they mm-hmm. like, don't for a second think that when we get up there and do what we do now. Like I, if I can make you cry, I'm gonna try to. I might not be able to achieve it, but if it. I can, I want to.
1: So Maybe you, you, when you're you, so you're looking. You're looking. Uh, you're you're paying attention. You have your sunglasses on, but not. you're diving into the crowd, looking in their eyes, and you see that person. You kinda... I
0: kind of,
4: kind of. I usually have my eyes shut because. I don't know what to look at when I'm on stage, so I just keep them shut a lot. <laughs> and I know that people are probably going to tell me eventually, like, "Dude, you got, it. you can't just shut your eyes like that," you know. But I do it more with my voice, how, how I sing is when I try to do, you know. I've really gotten into this thing recently, and I should probably stop it. Where I try to like do this like half Bruce Springsteen, half Elvis thing, where I'm like, "Not the Bruce oh, today," oh, really weird. you know. Wait, and I've noticed trying to follow it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I wrote this, I I had this one song that's like melody, and I had sent it to the guys as a demo, and like, what do you guys think about this? Like, it sounds like something, but I don't want to rip somebody off, and somebody goes, it sounds like Bruce, and Blunt goes, no, it doesn't sound like Bruce, he's just trying to sing like Bruce. (laughs)
2: It's a hunk of hunk of burning pink Cadillacs. Yeah,
4: exactly. Oh, yeah.
2: So, yeah, let's talk about some other bands that have uh succeeded in the past like the one you covered today even though they're gone now but whiskey town yeah i mean you see that a band like that can succeed which by the way beautiful cover what's the name of the song again
4: hard luck story
2: and you completely rearranged it and revved it up right
4: yeah i always try to do like sort of like roadhouse kind of i i envisioned like something more cowpunk, but it really just became roadhouse you know
2: but when you see like the bands like that can succeed and be so celebrated does that not Give you inspiration at what you're doing? Can... Again,
4: back to the stables thing. We're talking about Ryan Adams. We're talking about one of the best songwriters like, the world has ever known. So, no, I don't get awful because I'm not as good as he is. <laughs> yeah. I try to be. I try to be. And I, I'm not trying to be a dick about your question. No, no, I no, no. no, no. That's an question. honest answer. That's what we it like. That's a great question. <clears throat> yeah, yeah. No, yeah, there's definitely a degree where you're like, you think, yeah, they did that. I can do that. You know, you don't want to get cocky about it, though. But it's definitely...
2: (sighs) No, but when you're at that decision point, before you put out the album, whether or not to get back in the business, isn't that in the back of your mind? Hey, there are fans out there that are going to respond to some well-written songs, not necessarily, you know, cliche crap, you know, really well-written songs that are people looking to be moved, not just a chorus to sing along.
4: Yeah. I don't get, though, what people like and what they don't like, because... I think it's so unpredictable. I don't... I, I, I think there is such a thing as well-written songs and, and things like that and, and, and tight bands and, and presentation and all that is important, but I don't get why... I don't, I don't get what gets the hype and what gets the word of mouth and what doesn't.
1: It's, it, there's a weird science to it. I mean, sometimes it, there are things that just make sense. It's like, of course... But that, there's timing, there's luck, but there's there's yeah. a weird science to that whole thing because there's so many good bands that sh- that should be yeah. and aren't, whereas there's a lot of bands that shouldn't be and are yeah, um, and so it's it's a weird thing. But um, but you guys have the right mindset, especially right now.
2: where oh, you just I appreciate gotta
1: keep that. Keep, up, keep at it, and you know, like that's the way we enjoy give it. Them, give them the give them the uh, football talk.
2: Well, thank you, you okay, so you know, you get in there, and write some songs. Get in that room, write some songs. <laughs> write one for the Turner.
1: Hell
3: yeah.
4: <laughs> you guys remember the movie, The Program? Yeah. I love that one scene where the dude on the stairways goes, ding, motherfucking dong, because somebody's like, we're going to ring their bells. Right. Ding, motherfucking dong. That shit gets me pumped.
2: Filmed in Columbia, South Carolina when I lived there. Uh-huh. Oh, wow. Oh, and, a big
4: and not deal. To, not to backtrack too far, though, uh, uh, on Whiskey Town, I, I've been saying this, and Caitlin Carey was the best Harmonizer for Ryan Adams. Mm. The way like her harmony with him, and I keep saying like they don't need to do a Whiskey Town album again. They just need to do a Ryan Adams and Caitlin Carey album. Just duets. And I
1: guarantee you they'd win a freaking Grammy. Hey, what's the deal? How come you don't see win any duets anymore? That would be that would yeah. be it. That would I be love the one to do. Well Ryan, getting back to Kevin Kinney,
2: let me recommend and they have only done a few shows. It's a thing called Trace Tangled Truckers. Have you heard of this? Uh-huh. No. It's Jason, Kevin Kinney, and her.
1: Jason Isabel? Jason
2: Isabel. Isabel Isabel, Isabel. It's like me with the Coachella. Is- I call it Coachella. He goes on to Isabel. (laughs) For real,
5: I've never heard of this. Is is Uh, that that sounds very interesting? It's it's it's, uh, you got to talk to your tapers. Yeah, Yeah. maybe
2: we will get Ira to get him one. But yeah, that's the thing about
5: Kevin though, man. We went on the road with him. Kevin
4: knows everyone. I mean, everyone knows Kevin. Like we were in New York with. uh, we were meeting Jesse Mallon because we were going to do some shows with him. Oh,
2: Jesse Mallon from Brooklyn.
4: Yeah. And we're at at this bar with Jesse Mallon meeting him. And I, he just randomly goes, oh, yeah, Kevin told me you guys were great. <laughs> like, just <laughs> shit like that. we like, everyone... no,
1: talk about someone that knows everyone. Jesse is also someone that knows everyone. The king of Brooklyn. Yeah. He is the king of Brooklyn. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Also, any from Atlanta also? Isn't that right? I think so. Somebody was telling me. I was listening to the, uh,
4: another podcast. Sorry, what? I, excuse I, yeah, me? Sorry. You listened to another <laughs> podcast before you came to do our podcast? I'm on the road a lot. I like podcasts. I, Otis Gibbs When uh, thanks for giving a damn. It's really good. It's an excellent podcast. And, um, and there was, I forgot who was on the <laughs> show, but they were talking about, Warner Hodges' name comes up like all the time, like. In the podcast, um, who's another great guy. It's called
2: Thank You for Caring or something? Thank like You for
4: that? Giving a Damn. Thank and you somebody a... was talking about the Ramones. Oh, it was the guy that was in the band that opened for the Ramones. What was it? Um, God, I can't remember the name. I'm, this shows you that I'm not like the biggest punk fan. Um, but uh, I love punk now. It took me till I got old to like punk. Um, <laughs> uh, but there was a guy there, and he was talking about being on the road with the Ramones and all that stuff. And then he goes... And and he goes, oh yeah, you know Kevin. Kevin Kenny knew. uh, I forgot which Ramona was. He's Joey. Like, yeah, he's, he's, like, he's, he's like he was Joey. Joey. They traded baseball cards. All
5: the time. <laughs> <laughs> traded baseball cards. So yeah.
1: what about doing a show here in Atlanta with you know like with Kevin and and all his friends?
5: It'd be awesome. We'd love to.
1: Kevin Kevin, Kevin is like Kenny Fest. The... He should do it at the Variety playoffs, we gonna, Playhouse. We
4: actually were going. We tried to get Kevin to do a show with us. uh, and he goes, and it, it didn't work out because we we had conflicting dates. But he actually said, "We were like, hey, you know, and we'll open for you." And, and you, you know, and he goes, he goes, "Oh no, nah, man, I come, I'm just gonna come with my acoustic guitar, and I will open for you guys." <laughs>
5: yeah.
4: And he's dead serious. He's like, like,
5: you know, just the most underrated songwriter. Being on the road and just hearing those songs over and over, and it is insanely songs amazing. Songs from the turntable, the EP they did, is like mm. on par, probably better than like. It's Any of their
2: older stuff. It's so to good. we got to
1: get Kevin a, a It's like called Broken get Hearts there, and Auto Parts this
2: year. Oh, yeah. God, what a great song. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. You yeah. guys should cover that song. Yeah. Do you know that one? You yeah. know, when we were on the road with him, they, um, of
4: course he does straight to hell every night. And every night he was like, what? you got to come sing harmony with me. <laughs> <laughs> every
5: night. So much and fun. you did? Oh yeah I got to play guitar The guitar
4: solo one night And then they never asked me To ever be on the song again (laughs) Uh, And I was like And I was like I know it wasn't like Bad It might not have been good Maybe you were just being a dick (laughs) I'm sure I'm sure they were probably like Those Peacock guys are awesome Except for the fucking lead singer That guy's a dick
1: questions for you one is it true you guys are going on the road with ghost kill road Choir, and it's going to be Uh-oh. road kill road kill i said ghost kill i meant road kill ghost choir and it's going to be road kill peacock
4: uh i don't know if we're going on the road i haven't heard them. about that I I'm, fun, I'm just then. making this shit up here Uh-oh. i'm
1: just making this up but <laughs> it's good all right that's a good name right for the tour the the road yeah, kill peacock they're, <laughs>
4: tour they're a pretty rad band so i would like to be on the road with them i don't know them but i'm sure we get along second, second,
1: world, second that's question. comedy Second oh, we question. got another Jack in question. Second question. Cortez the Killer. Ever play it? No,
4: but I'd love to. I would like to hear all that. Oh, like, <laughs> we do. I think all like you would, how many would, minutes is it? Yeah. Going
1: back
2: to uh, 22 Seth minutes to 30 seconds. seconds. Irrespective of whether or not they I believe it. that is why... And he built a spill show.
1: sets yelling at the whole show. I actually, the whole show, but that's why we lost the... We not we, they're not do, Doug's not doing the interview with us. I'm 100% sure he's like... yelling yells goes, Cortez at us? No, I, he's not he interviewing. He looked it up online. He saw my face. He goes, that's a motherfucker. There's always yelling Cortez in my shows. <laughs> Fuck him. Fuck his podcast. I actually
4: have a song I wrote about Mississippi, where my family's from, and I completely rip off Cortez the killer <laughs> like the chord structure the timing everything and, you're, and, you're like and I don't <laughs> care and, and actually our song Tennessee I got the idea for that and ripped it off from Helpless that's not because he's like there is a town in North that one Ontario and then I go right.
2: yeah, yeah, yeah. The Andrew won't
4: be quiet <laughs> no, that's,
2: not, that's not ripping off you know no, what Pete Seeger Neil, calls
4: that if Neil Young tries to sue me I'll whoop his ass Pete Seeger calls Old that motherfucker
2: the folk process.
1: The folk process, yeah. And Bob yeah, Dylan does actually. To, to, what, to explain that again?
2: Because I, I think the it's folk worth. process is just an ongoing borrowing. There's only so many chords, oh, yeah. there's only so many melodies. It's going folk songs. Are
4: that, it's actually a, a tradition. It's like you take that song and basically rewrite it. How about this? How about this? How about Raps this? Raps doing it now. If you're traveling in the North Country, you know, yeah. remember me to a girl who lives there, you know. And here we go, Scarborough Fair.
2: If right. If you're going to Scarborough Fair, well, it's Percy's, like
4: it's a, it's the same fucking song.
2: Percy's song is Oh the Wind and Rain, right?
4: Yeah. Mm-hmm.
2: Dylan's ripped I mean, on modern times there's like three songs that are basically traditions traditional songs that Dylan changed like two words and <laughs> took the song running <laughs> around. I love Dylan, believe me, I'm a freakazoid Dylan fan, but oh, yeah. he gets a little a little heavy with the borrowing. Oh, we're never gonna get him as a guest now. Well we? you
4: know, like uh like country <laughs> mu- like early country music, the Carter family, so A P. Carter, the head of the family, um would go out and drive around in the country and just meet people. And uh, he would find out who played music in the town. And they would go and meet people and they'd stay for dinner. And they'd play, he'd be like, Oh, I heard you know some songs. Play them for me. And they would take them. Down and then the they basement. would register them and get all the publishing. <laughs> did Alan <laughs> know? Oh, yeah, like that?
1: Isn't that kind of the whole
4: uh <clears throat> What do you think Led Zeppelin did? How many times they've been sued for, was it like. Uh, but yeah, some of their songs actually are like attributed to W. C. Handy and after the fact. Yeah. but like, oh yeah, oh, Later. have you guys listened to that Spirit song? That there's oh, it's definitely and singing. they were on
2: tour. They Spirit opened for them and had a song that the melody of which was basically ripped off. For the it's intro. just the beginning. It it's just the intro. The intro. Yeah, but it,
1: but it's but not, it's
2: completely it's, ripped off.
1: It's an intro, but it's not a chord. It's it's not a lyric. Whatever it's, it's one of the most familiar intros in the history of rock. I mean,
4: oh, uh, Mary Jane's Last Dance. Uh, the, um, <laughs> the Jayhawks. The, uh, Jayhawks, the, Jayhawks song. Song. the Jayhawks were on tour with, with with Tom Petty, and what is that Jayhawks song? Uh, uh, is it Staring it's at the their Sun? Their big one. Or, yeah. uh, it's one of their big. It's one, ones. One, it sounds like it's like you, you. They were on tour with with mm. Petty and Subconscious, then, and then you hear Mary Jane's Last Dance come out a year or two later,
0: and it sounds an awful lot like that one. Yeah, but but you know
4: what. I think Tom Petty's awesome. And I think Bob Dylan's awesome. And I think the Carter family was awesome. and we I think, think Great Peacock's awesome.
1: You guys are awesome. Aww. But Turner, on the other hand, I don't know if I think you're awesome.
2: Well, I thought I'm, not, you were I'm awesome. not stealing from anybody either. Yeah, well, you, you look, you look pretty awesome are... today out there with your shirt off. Thank you very much. You <laughs> should write a song about chubby guys who are moved to take their shirts off at your shows. Yeah, and dance. Sober. He was I don't sober. consider you chubby. No, he's oh obese. Oh my God, you must have been far <laughs> away. Those lights must have been bright on you. <laughs> You know, wait—he he does, doesn't—he doesn't look at the crowd. He I told know, you that. I know. And then he, the, the, one he eyes,
1: the, guy, the one time he opens his eyes, the poor guy—the one time he
2: opens his eyes on stage—and there's the blob of Rob. And everybody's complaining about the the gleam off of me. And it's like, what? yeah, that's the point. I need. I some think he numbers. should have
4: gone around and tried to get girls' numbers like that.
2: I did. I got three numbers. Really? But then I came back here and they were Nine all... 911. <laughs> <laughs> I, got... I got three numbers from people, but then I came back here to the Vicks house, which, by the way, thanks to Josh and Nicola Vic for letting Was us record. Was it five,
4: 555, five, No, five, they were all five, numbers five. to
2: various gyms and uh, <laughs>
4: fitness rooms. Oh, so. man. And uh, by the rough. way, check out
1: hometouramerica.com. What's that? Talk to me. That is the business of the home in which we were recording.
4: Oh, wonderful. This
1: mm-hmm. is a very
4: nice house. It is. Home yeah. tour America must be doing well.
1: Yeah, I guess. I mean, what do you, I don't know these guitars, but they're sitting on the wall. Getting, They're not getting well, dusty, well, though. a
4: nice F-style mandolin, you know. They, they play them, trust me. Yeah,
1: they, they get played.
2: Yeah, we had a little jam session last night, late night. Mm. What was the gentleman's name from Nashville who was playing guitar? Do you remember?
4: Uh, he's he's uh, Mike, but he's a very famous uh,
3: producer in
2: Nashville. He's a, yeah, producer. Because, I yeah, with, uh, Mike, what's his last name? He was shredding. Yeah. And he's got a really cool dog. I'm petting the guy's dog while he's shredding in my face. You were, yeah, I don't know if you petting the dog. You were rubbing the dog, really.
4: I think it's awesome when you're in an environment like that and and there's somebody that's just a master of something and you didn't know it. And, yeah. then, you, and then you find out who they are later and you're like, yeah. oh, shit. And it's awesome that you find it later because you're like, yes. otherwise, I would have geeked out and totally ruined this guy's night and just bugged him. <laughs> well, I was at a party and... It was a party for Browner or Sugar Hill Records. I can't remember who it was, but it was at Merle Fest one year. So the party is actually like out in the country, like in the country, and it's at this cabin. And I go to this party, and and uh, everybody's just jamming. And there's this dude on the couch, literally sitting right next to me on the couch, and uh, he's just rocking away on the mandolin. And, I, and and I keep thinking like, who is that? Why, who is that and then like after the fact i realized that was john paul jones oh my <laughs> gosh and i'm like but i did geek out the next day i found him in the festival and i was <laughs> hey, like hey, next i was to you? like next uh, to you? Uh, mr jones I was, I was like mr jones uh can i get my picture with you you're you're a, a musical hero of mine uh and but he that was, was like, the time
2: to do it because he was out there geeking on himself and loving it and i heard overly friendly talking to everyone right
4: he was He's a really nice guy
2: Yeah it's But he loves fast, Right?
4: Yeah Oh he's all in He's really into Into roots music and, and blue. He's really into everything I mean the guy's like A jazz musician too You know um, He was he was the best mu- uh, It's hard to say He was the best musician In Led Zeppelin But he was the most The most well-rounded Rounded, musician yeah. in, in Led Zeppelin But you know He was very nice And then strangely enough Like three years later Like I met Wilco With the Ryman And he's at the balcony just standing at the back of the balcony and he's just like kind of like doing the show head bob thing where you got the <laughs> head bob jamming thing, out, and he's just like have. fucking loving wilco and i'm going like yeah it's a pretty fucking good show <laughs> like that was an awesome show
2: if i saw him doing that i would i couldn't help but in my head here like <laughs> yeah
4: i actually would hear like uh, the beginning of no quarter where he plays the keys yeah. Uh, first time I got drunk, we listened to that and since I've been loving you we had the black lights on at my friend's house, fifteen years old.
1: He
2: said the first time he got drunk and then I just had like <laughs> gurgitated. I can see why Plant doesn't want to work with Paige anymore, but I don't understand why, even when he's doing the traditional stuff, why would he not work with John Paul Jones? It doesn't doesn't make sense to me.
4: I don't know any, anything about the feuds and all that stuff, but no, I have heard that no. plant I heard that the plant just does, like he just wants to do the music he's doing right now yeah but and i heard jimmy page is mad at him because of that no he's like, no
2: see this most recent page uh plant project would fly in the face of that he's out there singing the zeppelin songs with a rocking band now mark, I think mark it, my word old cello
1: no no check it out not this year <laughs> next year's lineup no zeppelin you
2: don't think so page is washed up come on I don't know, man i don't know let's don't talk know. about nashville
4: Hi. Oh, wow. I feel like this has already been a morose enough conversation. I agree. And so, now we're getting even darker. We're going to talk about <laughs> Nashville. We're
1: actually getting a little deeper. The Nashville Rob, go ahead thing. and put on the scuba
2: mask.
5: <laughs> what do you want to know? What do you want to know oh. about Nashville?
2: Well, I'm fascinated by it. My wife and I, if we ever move out of Atlanta, it will be to Nashville. She loves Nashville. It's obviously a music city, but it's changing. Yeah. Um, and it is your home base now. So what are the best and worst things about Nashville right now in your mind?
5: Worst Traffic thing? now.
4: Traffic is oh, pretty bad, gosh. but they're from Atlanta, so like they. Yeah. yeah, but I don't. I, I, we, we laugh in, in dictator. Really you know, I think the worst thing about Nashville is now. Nashville has always tutored its own horn, but now Nashville thinks it's the shit, and everything is about how Nashville is the coolest, hippest place to be. East. Uh, all of it, actually. Yeah, and, and uh, my thing about Nashville is Nashville it overly loves itself right now and all the people in Nashville overly love Nashville and they love saying they live in Nashville and they think Nashville's the shit and in the process of that it lost the country bumpkin hokiness that I loved it had a charm to it that it had a charm it loves patting itself on the back and it loves award shows and it, it loves recognition but it was, still had the charm and the and the and the hokiness and I remember when I for the longest time in Nashville I could always if I went to a bar, I would always at least run into one person I know. And now it's just... Twelve. But I can't complain, man. If I was a real estate developer and stuff like that, you better believe I'd be on it making the money. You can't get mad at those people for trying to make money.
2: Is the Bluebird Cafe still there? It is. Do you guys ever as a duo work out new material and go, go do surprise sets there? No,
4: or but we've played there. We've played there Full a couple band of times. Or is... Full band, yeah. yeah. Local it's... bar of choice. Local bar of choice. Oh, for me, it's Melrose Billiards. Hands down, Melrose Billiards. Um, and Edgefield is pretty awesome. Edgefield's red. Edgefield's like the one bar in East Nashville that I really like. It hasn't lost its charm. It's still cool. I mean, we but used to
5: go to get a Three time. I've lived the time. in Nashville for 10
4: years and yeah. never been in the Station Inn. People listening to this are going to kick my ass. They're
2: going to be like, you there. poser.
4: <laughs> <laughs> it's in a weird area of town. It's in this area called the Gulch. And I just always have hated the Gulch. See, the, the first
2: time idea. I went there, the. <laughs> The owners, were, or the people who put it on, were late, and it was one of their jam sessions. So yeah. I, we pull up, my, my ex-girlfriend and I pull up, and there's like stand-up bases and panchels and mandolins oh, yeah. all in the front yard. It was hilarious. That was my introduction <laughs> to the station. Inn. And I've been there twice, and you guys I'd live like there, to play
4: there? there. That'd be awesome. I'm really weird. Like I won't go places. I'm like, I don't want to go there until I play there. I could like see Like Red that. Rocks. I will never go to a show at Red Rocks until I play Red Rocks.
3: See,
2: that's the musician. I said I'd it, never yeah. go
4: to New York City until I went for for business first for play music and I kept it I kept that I did not ever go to New now York that's City that's a true southerner
2: I'm not
1: going to New York City until <laughs> I have
4: to
2: It's kind of like,
5: unless they pay me
2: it's kind of like when a sports team won't, won't touch the conference championship because they want the, yeah. the, the big, big championship by, by the way National Predators uh, any interest? Uh, oh, it's yeah, a, yeah, yeah, they mean, did really well this year they had an amazing said, year a, I said really well before but I
5: was
3: trying to I'm a fan say and it, I like <laughs> hockey
4: but I'm not like the huge. we're, we're huge SEC football Okay, like, the whole band we listen to a lot of Paul Feinbaum. We we uh, and the great thing about a band is everyone is different. Everybody's got a different team.
2: So who's Vols? No one. None of you are into That's the Vols. Hilarious. We all hate yeah.
4: the Vols equally, and we all hate uh, Florida equally. Well, and, I understand We all hate that. LSU equally.
1: I, I'm uh, I, I'm a Florida State alumni, so... Oh,
4: gosh. Yeah, you guys would never join no. the SEC because you wanted that weak ACC schedule. Hey, we weak want, in football, yeah, not in
3: basketball.
4: You- they ne- they never... The SEC would have gladly... Like, when they expanded in 92, they would have gladly taken Florida State, but they were like, no, we can win national titles down here playing pancakes all year. Hey, I
2: know. You're a Bulldog fan because you went there, right? Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah, I like the Bulldogs. Yeah. Do you ever listen to Larry Monson?
4: Well, I mean, yeah, but he's no longer with us, sadly. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. I mean, I would. That's one of those guys again. Like we talked, Sableton, Ryan Adams, Larry Munson. I like a voice like <laughs> that, you're not. That's a once in a lifetime thing. Well, um, that's what drew
2: me. And I grew up listening to Johnny Most, Bob yeah. Wilson, uh, Ken Coleman, Ned Martin, some of the greatest voices in the history of sports. When I moved down to Georgia and heard Larry Munson call the Bulldogs game. It kind of wooed me big time. Although there was some weirdness behind the scenes with him, but yeah. whatever. Great radio we're voice. We're losing that now. You know, I love. Oh, yeah.
4: We're also losing that thing where the guy that's hired to be the uh, the commentator, um, like he's he is hired by the school, obviously, but they're supposed to be objective and like. But those old guys were totally homers for the teams that hired <laughs> them, and it was great. That's why you listened to? Yeah. That, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Eli Gold's definitely a homer for Bama, though. Oh, gosh. But Eli Gold's a great, great
2: he's radio bammer. guy.
5: Great radio voice.
2: You're a Bama fan?
5: No. <laughs> no. <laughs> Which
2: is true.
3: Your...
5: I'm over here being quiet because he's a Florida State fan. You That's can it. listen.
2: I, I was in the marching a
1: band. That's about the extent <laughs> of my
5: sports. Yeah. Uh, Auburn fan. Oh, okay. Yeah. Cam Newton. Cam Newton. Auburn, yeah. Uh, Bulldogs and then, um,
4: uh, you know, the real Bulldogs, not that Mississippi State uh, motherfuckers. Uh, <laughs> the, uh, we got uh, uh and then hey, when our, you guys playing Mississippi again? Ben, yeah, uh, yeah. Ben, our, our our bass player is uh, Texas A&M Aggie, and uh Nick, our drummer, is of. He's a, a Bama fan. Sadly, a Bama
5: fan. He's a bammer,
4: and he has all of the typical Bama fan traits. They're like the Yankees fans, you know, like when they're winning, they're real loud. And when they're losing, man, that's like, they're like, football, what is football? I don't even, I've never heard of football, you know.
2: Shifting gears on Nashville, have you been to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, the Dylan Cash exhibit yet? Or the Dylan Nashville exhibit that's there?
4: Uh, I've been to the, 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 the Country Music Hall of Fame. but Did I'm, I just say Rock and Roll? I meant Country yeah. Music.
2: You did say Rock and Roll. I really?
4: Country yeah. Music I, Hall of Fame, I, but there's currently a, an aren't exhibit. Aren't they the same thing now?
1: I just want to say, you're Andrew, you are a great drummer.
4: <laughs> I actually am. Just kidding, I'm not. <laughs> um, his drum, his drum, his drum, set. set right he right realized that's a he drum set right to his <laughs> leg. That
2: we were going to call him out.
4: Yeah, I could play AC/DC type drums, like where you just lay it down and stay there. Um, it's like that's huh, the story of a lot of women in my life. <laughs>
3: <laughs> <laughs> just, just stay there.
4: Uh, but uh, yeah, I've been in the Hall of Fame and it's well worth the money to
5: go. It's awesome, I have not but I haven't been to been that to exhibit. The new I haven't been to that exhibit. Sounds no, awesome though. I, I've need... heard that it's. Dude, awesome.
4: like yeah. I forgot whose Cadillac is in there with the big horns. Elvis, on it Carl Perkins' Cadillac. I think, it was I think like it's Elvis. Truckers' song, and he's got like a record player in it or something. Yeah. I, I think it was Elvis's Cadillac because the it's memorabilia there, is so worth going to.
2: Well, I, I haven't been in a long time, but I remember going there. They had a Hank Williams senior jukebox where you oh, could wow. just hit and listen to any. Oh yeah, and it was free. So I was sitting there listening to You Again and jumping around hockey time. God, Hank wins. There's an Ike he's Turner uh, jukebox. You put a coin in it, just smacks
1: you. <laughs> Sorry. Well, hey, That's Seth. That's again the Seth going
4: side. back. I like to go back a lot. We have a song called "Go Back" on our album. Going back to what we were talking about, country music and, and all that stuff. Hank Williams, perfect example. Got the heartache songs. Got the saddest <laughs> songs in the world. Still has the hokey songs, and you love them. You love them. He's got the country bumpkin charm still. You know, a perfect example of that.
2: But he does it with a way that there's like a wisdom woven into the bumpkinness. It seems. I mean, yeah. He's like real deaf. Kind
4: of, but not really. I mean, like, Hey Good Looking is, like, honestly. It's a great song, but it, it's it's cheesy if you think about it. Sure, but if hey you get the good hey
2: looking good one, good, you look pretty good. wise. If you land her, right?
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah, but
4: then. What
2: you they, got cooking?
1: Yeah, well, hopefully they cook for you when you. I mean, land Kalijah her, you know, is. And then, then years go by. Kalijah is
4: sad. So but good it's a looking. cheesy song. Which one? Kalijah.
2: Oh, I don't know if I know that one. Kalijah. Uh now you're wishing you brought your guitars aren't you well we have them on the wall if you want one
4: we love to do that like that we love that's our favorite thing is the country wine just to go uh you know i can't even do it on i don't know i'm I'm terrible you kind
1: of had an edward sharp thing today where you go the hey
4: yeah that just gives me something to do when i don't know how to say anything else or in the song it's it's getting the crowd pumped up
0: Don't you want to go back, back to where the fields are growing? Don't you want to go back to a place we've always been? Don't you want to go back, back to where the fields are growing?
4: You got to hear Blunt's new sound check when he does his vocals. It's awesome.
3: Let's hear it.
5: Silver wings <laughs> shining in the sunlight. Roaring engines somewhere in flight.
4: Isn't it fantastic?
2: Uh, much better than one three one, one two one two. That's yeah. a damn yeah. sure. The monitor guy. Do you practice that in the shower? The monitor
4: guy hates it. It's really?
2: Awesome. <laughs> That's, That's
4: what. Great. I like it when you do it and people hear it, like they're there early enough for sound check, or the monitor guy, and they think they're like, "This guys are gonna be
3: terrible." <laughs> it's like this
4: guy can't sing.
1: Uh, well, on that note, if you yeah, want to hear their... Oh, go ahead. Sorry, Rob. I always interrupt you. Go ahead. I, no, I thought so you were going to wrap it up, I don't want to wrap up yet. I don't want to talk about the future. The oh, future. Future. I love talking about the future. Now, hold on a second. It's time to bring the future
2: intro music.
1: Perfect. Mm-hmm. Oh, man, the future.
4: You're just trying to give me anxiety today, aren't you?
2: Well, yeah. How? Where? What's the timeline on the new record? What's the touring schedule moving forward for the rest of the year? What are some of the big things that are happening or in the works? And will you pull back on the touring immediately before you release the album, and then just slam the world with touring after you release album? Uh, and I where think, are you going to eat on I June seventh? Go ahead.
4: <laughs> I think we uh, just touring is just indefinite. That's not like. It's not like thing yeah. for like we just have to tour and we want to tour. We make money at it. I mean, we don't. We we can't hold down normal jobs, so we have to work odd jobs when we're home to make supplemental income but i mean we like we live off the money we make on the road it's not much but we we have to tour it's like a job
1: isn't it true that you're an uber driver on the side and anytime someone you uber you just play your music no i wish
4: that would be, be hilarious awesome. my car's not Who's this? i have it's a me? 2005 i don't think you can drive uber with <laughs>
2: what's the oddest of odd jobs either of you have ever had
4: i think my oddest job is, is is what i'm doing now when i'm home i work on a farm and it's just odd jobs like <laughs> <laughs> Shoveling pig shit out of a trailer, uh, weed whacking, just anything. And you know what? I'm so fucking happy doing it. I've never felt happier doing work than I have doing that. It's awesome.
2: Do you use the pig shit for um, the uh, fertilizer? I, oh, sorry. I, I should. Or you no. just get rid of it.
4: Yeah, I just get, get rid. Well, you just throw it somewhere else on your neighbor's you Somewhere away from you. Take the yeah, shit
1: away. If away you're, from you're looking for a place to drop it, I can give you his address.
5: <laughs> What's your oddest odd job Blunt You know I, I, I've just been working In the kitchen And I actually uh, You know Have been lucky enough To just keep that You know While we've been on the road Consistently And, and they're
2: in each In yeah. each case They're cool with you Just disappearing for three months And then coming back Yeah Or are you doing more of The a weekend warrior
4: It's taken a while To get to this point Yeah,
5: yeah. yeah I
2: imagine they uh, believe in you so they... I've
5: been lucky And I'm really good at it So
4: If I didn't have the The farm thing I don't know what I would do I would be really hungry,
2: but as for recording, is there a timeline? (laughs) Um, You say you have four songs.
4: Well, you know, we kind of we're in a weird spot because we want to make another album, but we want to do it a certain way, and we're just not at a point where we can. So, like, we're going to release two singles next month, and I think we might just do a a sort of singles game because the industry is changing. I mean,
5: we'll see how it goes. The only way to make money in this
4: industry is touring and sync. Touring and sync are the only two ways to make money. Albums are not gonna make any money. So like why do the big investment of an album when you can just mm-hmm. like Publicist costs way less for single. You only do a one month campaign
5: and then, you can pay them in singles. And it's yeah, what we can afford to do singles. right now. So we'll see how the singles Also do I hear then. the more
1: singles yeah. you put out, the more singles come to your show. Just saying <laughs> hey, hey, ladies
4: and ladies. <laughs> and and with singles too, people uh I mean most people aside from the hardcore music consumer most people are only interested in singles playlists things like that i mean i'm not saying there's not a place for the album still i mm-hmm. think there is uh but for us it's more financially viable to just do singles you for can now. always
1: play you know tour off the new single
4: exactly and they're play it tonight
2: <laughs> Go ahead. does that make you want to do videos more when you're only releasing a song here a song there does that oh make it... yeah
4: absolutely i already have my head for like one of the singles like if we do it next, like, so I, like, I want to know what I want it to be like. And like I said, I, I, in the songwriting, sometimes I won't even be finished writing a song. And I'll be thinking, oh, the music video for this would be awesome if we had this, this, and this. But again, music videos too, very big financial commitment for really just a small piece of promotion. Because you don't have, you know, there's nobody playing music videos anymore. Um, well, you have YouTube, but, but like... But you know, you made a lot of money by MTV playing your music video. It was worth, you know, the and albums were selling too. So it was worth mm-hmm. the promo- It was worth having a fifty thousand to one hundred thousand dollar music video if you knew you were going to sell a lot of physical albums, and if the label that paid for that has any percentage of your publishing every time that airs on MTV, man, they're making money.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Although we interviewed a band called Cherub, they're also Tennessee, and they had a song called uh, "Doses and Mimosas" that went viral. The video went viral and that kind of t- launched them. So you never know. Yeah.
4: Well, that, and they're also in that EDM world.
2: Hence True, the song, but,
4: doses And Mimosas. But mm-hmm. it was, although the, I think that is a great title. It is. That's it's the other thing. Video. That world, I feel like our music is so antiquated because that, the young kids now aren't in the rock and roll and,
2: well, country. some of them are. There, there's some a backlash. But that what, EDM world, that said, whole
4: festival vibe but, and the drug culture and all that, and I'm not putting it down, you know. There's a place for that, and I think people should have fun and do what they like and enjoy it. Mm-hmm. But that is what the young kids are into Well,
1: now. yes, but there's a circle, like you said before, and I do feel the wave of songwriting and lyrics are coming back and
2: starting to be appreciated, yes. and I do feel that coming. Yeah. Not Your music is not antiquated. It is timeless.
1: Punk
4: rock is dad rock now.
2: Can I ask you, since you brought back punk rock, Green Day. What's your opinion on Green Day? Because one thing that pisses me off about punk rock is I don't under, I don't know if they're purists or whatever, but they write they write some good fucking lyrics. I think they're and okay. the punks a lot of the punk people shit on them.
4: Uh, well, because they
2: yeah I'm, I don't really consider they're
4: them a, a pop band. they're a pop band. To me, they they're started kind of punk. They're a pop band yeah. with punk tendencies.
2: Sure, but they don't they pull people into the fold. Have, haven't they? Isn't that like a but gateway I mean, to drug to the, punk? The Ramones yeah. were a they're pop really. band. It was for me. Those are exactly pop melodies,
4: pop hits. It's just done to eighth notes. Just dun 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 dun. Which is just kind of most of indie rock now. It's just eighth notes, you know. And there's even that broncho band that has like that one song where they just go. That's the vocal melody going along with it, which is brilliant. Brilliant. Okay.
5: Sounds awesome, doesn't it? But
4: brilliant. (laughs) Hmm, that's an oxymoron. You know, Um. the
2: the Ramon thing also reminds me. Have you ever heard Little Steven's Underground Garage? Oh yeah, his. Uh, Which is the
4: number one thing I'd want to do if I didn't play music is have my own like XM Sirius show. I it, would be being a DJ is like my dream job almost more than being a musician.
2: And little Steven's a special guy. I mean, he reunited the Rascals. He's breathed new life yeah. in a lot of these old CBGB bands yeah. like the New York Dolls and stuff. But I love the way he describes his show. He says, I play the Ramones. I play the people who influence the Ramones. And I play the people the Ramones influence. <laughs> <laughs> there it is. And now he's yeah. got a whole channel. If you did that, it would be on Bob Weir. Not even
1: the Grateful Dead. Just be. But well, maybe I think you probably be more weir than Dylan,
2: <laughs> because you're you're. Petty has his show. Maybe so. Yeah, Petty's show. The buried treasure. That is really good. Petty's show.
4: And then what's his name? The, the 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 last DJ, Jim Ladd. I think doesn't he have a show?
2: I have not heard that one.
4: Um, what do you think's better, Tom Petty's musical career, or Tom Petty's? vocal role in King of the Hill. Because <laughs> he kind of kills it at that, too. King of the Hill is my favorite TV show ever.
2: Think thing about Tom Petty is a uh, friend of mine who's a musician, John Shane, sat me down and played the deep cuts and then told the stories of the recording and all that oh, stuff. Wow. And that oh completely God. changed my appreciation for Tom Petty. I always oh kind of liked him. I got to see him with Dylan and the he Dead was, in 86. He was a little petty show. about Petty in the beginning. <laughs> That's brilliant. Comments, that
0: movie, right? this <laughs> hey, thanks,
4: that movie, "This Is the End." That movie, "This Is the End." You guys watch that? Uh-huh. And there's a, a like uh, uh, Danny McBride's character is saying to to, to James uh, Franco's character. James Franco is about to get saved from like the craziness, and and he doesn't because he gets um, like too proud about it. So I'm, it's a weird movie. This is hard it's for me to explain. But anyway, he just goes. He doesn't get saved because of his attitude and Danny McBride goes you had to be Petty didn't you you had to be too fucking Tom Petty (laughs)
1: Uh,
4: you should have you read the biography
1: no no, the new
4: biography it is you can't put it down and it is deep I'm obsessed with Petty he's like one of my top five favorite songwriters Um, the new book and you 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 find out who Tom Petty is and was and it's completely not what you thought completely not what you thought
2: Another great thing about them is that <clears throat> they're like the opposite of Justin Bieber. In that, when they go and play a venue and move on, like everybody has nothing but good things to say about them. They're the easiest people to work with, totally down to earth and fun. And they talk with the staff, and they're they're not prima donnas at all. Well, the you complete gotta read this book, of man.
4: You gotta read this book. There's a lot of darkness in that
2: band. What's the title of it? Petty, just Petty.
4: Yeah, I forgot the name. It, it's it's the, basically like the damn the torpedoes like pictures of him on the front uh he had a bad anger problem it was very dark battled a lot of demons um you find out about his drug use which they like hid from everybody um his 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 domestic life was very much in turmoil and um and he was like the leader of the band and 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 took a lot of control because he had to and and he was always concerned with writing the next album And and what would be like what would he have hit songs and the the reason he has the career he has is because he was obsessive to the point of almost like alienating people about that career.
1: Interesting. Maybe we'll start a new segment where
2: we read a chapter from the book. Yeah, every 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 episode. Just (laughs) and now it's time for readings with Rob. I'm I'm a pretty hardcore Deadhead, but I remember when I was young, he he was the source of my first wondering about the Dead scene too, because I have a love hate relationship. Sometimes it can be real annoying and and when they were touring it was you know the dead would play and then dylan with petty or other way around yeah 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 and then and
4: that tour i wish i could have seen that tour Oh, to oh god, um, really were the one where where they were dylan's band yeah they first, opened for dylan and then they were dylan's band
2: they would not they would do little four song sets in the middle of the show dylan would come out they play together then they do a four song set then dylan would do solo oh. which was like toward the after that dylan didn't really play alone solo just dylan for three, or four songs, yeah. and then more Dylan, and then four more Petty, and then the home stretch. But the Deadheads were not a lot of them. Just were not giving Petty the fucking time of day at all. And it was he had so popular songs annoying was just... to me, and I wasn't even a big Petty fan then. No. But I was like, give the guy a chance. Well, that's you know?
4: also a cultural thing too. It's not just. I mean, when there's a band that you care about that much, it's like the opening band thing. Where like you could be awesome, but if when people paid to see the person playing yeah, after but you. And they is, don't want to give you the time of day because of that.
2: But the Grateful Dead opened me up to jazz, to all this other yeah. styles of music. They're Country. a great melting pot. Country's the, one of the biggest. They're the great melting pot of American music. So when I see their fans be close-minded to other music, I'm like, I, I don't think you get it. I yeah. just don't. I think you're just here to party and sing along with freaking Tennessee Jed. You know? But they might not have liked the <laughs> aspect becomes,
4: of Tom, Tom Petty being a hit songwriter. Or somebody they saw as a radio
1: true but touch of gray was oh i guess touch Gray was yeah, just yeah. before touch and, of Grey, yeah. and so. the fan base what you're talking about are the same fanatics that are you know pop pop fanatics it's the same thing it's just this is their team and that's their
4: We're fish people it's like that thing. they're spread
2: no there like is that. not oh, fish fans can be rough i get fish,
4: so but. much flack from people that aren't fish fans for the fact that i'm a huge fish fan but i also say this i went to i went to my first fish show ever uh, this past su- like last summer, and um, I gotta say, uh, i hung out with someone we all know, and his group of friends, <laughs> and I've never felt more alienated in my life. Oh, at a, like at a you party mean, your, and a show. your first fish show because
1: so you you are. because they're
4: like they're like fish buddies that go back years and years and years and stuff, and I gotta say. No one made me feel welcome, other than the person <laughs> that we're talking about. Yeah, that but that, ne- me. next time
1: bring me along. We'll hang, uh, or let you get kicked out. But that's a whole other story. And on that note, th- I want to thank you guys very
2: much. Now, one more thing on fish. <laughs> <laughs> They're fans. <laughs> The modern fish fans often talk over the most interesting, musically interesting parts of the show. Oh, I hate that! Back in the nineties, it was a much more attentive audience, and now there's too much of the water cooler. I want to talk about having seen fish last night, rather than have a fucking experience listening to fish. When you're in the
1: middle of a song and they're talking about. Another song, mm, or yeah, yeah. what was the one? God, it's so funny. Like someone's talking about a song they love so much. Oh, oh no, sa- no, no! That was it. That was I'm that sorry, was the Matthew. Story. No, no. They were talking about like like when the band plays their favorite song, they talk about this is my favorite song, right. and then start talking like missing,
2: right. missing the song <laughs> that, that they love. If you love it that much, listen to it. That was you that said that. Yeah, about Dave Matthews. I was at a Dave Matthews show in the Centrum in Worcester about 17 years ago. I would go when Bela Fleck would open because then you'd get the awesome jam. Starts playing. he would see Dave Matthews.
4: Can we actually. Well, no, I just
2: did say Dave Matthews. I know we're obviously
4: going over time allotment, but like, can we actually just everybody say what their favorite concert is? Or what? Frank Zappa,
2: Boston Orpheum, 1988. Nice. The first night he had showed up late and had to do a sound check in front of the crowd. And then, so the second night he was making up for that. And the crowd was full of Berkeley kids, and he wanted to show off all his hand signals. Yeah. And he did those most uh, ambitious uh, adventure songs, and it was ridiculous. February something, 1988. Sick. Oh, wow. Sick. Nothing ever will top that. I can't yeah, imagine yeah, yeah. it ever being topped. Go ahead, Seth. Seth?
1: 12 9, 97 Fish, Madison Square Garden.
5: Oh, man. Uh, Trey killed it during that show. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Trey. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Thank you, Trey! Thank you, Jay. Thank you, Jay. i love like that are
4: obsessed with Trey. I mean, I'm one of them, but...
2: <laughs> I love them. I'm not obsessed with them, but I love them. people fantastic.
0: are just like, Trey, uh, Trey's my
4: Jerry. Blunt, what's yours?
5: I'd probably have to say Cigaro at the Ryman in... When was it? This Is the talk tour. Cigaro. Oh my God, yeah. that
4: album, Talk. Oh my. It was that song a closely, spiritual closely, experience.
5: I've just, you know, it's, it's weird when you're oh at a God, show and you Siguros. don't know how to like it respond you don't know the, at their
1: show i'm i, I, yeah. I, I happened to eat a uh very delicious uh in atlanta here at, at the anyway i ate a uh, uh what do you call those things oh a brownie yeah a, a brownie. And, brownie and then hmm. we, we got hooked up hmm. with nice tickets so i'm like oh we get in now and we sit down and they we're front row, and I'm yeah. like, "Are you kidding me?" I'm like, blah, blah, blah. "Yeah." And so now, like, and this, like, do you stand? No, you can't stand. And then you want to, you want to move, but like, you can't move. And like, and then you're in the front. And oh god, it was so weird and awkward and great.
2: Yeah. And it's, their fans listen; they're uh, responsive, it's, yes. and so attentive. quiet, so quiet. Just a, a Radiohead-like fan base. Just yeah. love them. Just totally there yeah. for the music and to dial in and have an experience. Yes. Not I mean, have they're not my favorite
5: about. band in the world, but what the great show lives, was
2: and bringing back Jimmy Page. Yeah. His bow shit I think is way overrated. That guy. <laughs> that insane. guy plays the blo- b- the oh, bow yeah. musically. All right, your favorite show ever.
4: Uh, I feel like it's cliché cuz it's like it wouldn't sound that exciting unless you What you're Marvin Gaye or no Otis no. oh, Redding at this uh, afternoon's Mon-Bot?
2: 1:30 set? Yeah, two, this
4: afternoon's great pick. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, 2 2006 Tom Payne and the Heartbreakers at Bonnaroo. Really? Ah. That's the best show I've ever been to. My, hit after hit after hit. <laughs> However the band still does musical improvisation in in their hit songs and you don't uh. get tired of the hits because they they sound fresh and new and i've seen the east street band multiple times and i've seen a lot of bands a lot of bands to me i've never seen a band tighter than the heartbreakers that night i've never and tight in the complete sense where it was just the right amount of loose and just the right amount of tight and, and you got was, a great
2: songwriter and you got a deadhead playing the guitar yeah <laughs> Good combination.
4: Oh, my God. Mike Campbell, too. Again, just yeah. like, fuck, dude. You, you're so talented, but you're so tasteful. You never play anything that's out of place. And it's not flashy. What year was that? that was the 96. song. All about the song.
2: And it's funny. You mentioned uh, Springsteen, who I love. I've seen a few times. And I love Springsteen and the E Street Band. Last time I saw him was actually in Nashville. And I'm walking out, and I overhear people talking about, oh, that was amazing. And it's like, you know, he's, it's amazing that he's in such great shape and that he can keep the energy up. But musically... No, it's a a, ma- a wonderful, solid, great show, but I didn't find anything amazing about it. There was no improv. There was nothing...
4: I've always thought the sound was bad at every single Springsteen show I've been to. and they And they have like 20 musicians on stage, and it's so unnecessary. And my number one complaint about... And I love the boss. My number one complaint about Bruce Springsteen's show is that all the songs, dynamically, are so upbeat and so loud... And he just keeps doing it. like He keeps doing rocker after, rocker after rocker after rocker after rocker after rocker. And last time I saw him, he did that. I was getting so tired. I was like, let's bring it down just for a second. You've got some great songs that aren't rockers. And he does I'm on Fire. And he literally plays 45 seconds of it. And then they just rocker right back into rocker. Like he doesn't <laughs> even fight, play the whole song. Right. And I was like, you
2: motherfucker. I love how when he goes into the crowd, though, and then he body starts back and takes yeah. the signs and then actually plays a request off the moment. Oh, that's but funny. I'm- but I was right off the floor, and he keeps coming into the crowd, you know, and the people go running down. And after you've done it like eight times, it was like, oh, Jesus, here he comes again. And the thing about, yeah. It <laughs> gets old after a while. The
4: thing about playing like, in it, church. Did you
2: see him up close once? Isn't that enough already?
4: Everybody talks about it's like a religious experience, and they get real gospel and stuff. But the thing about playing in church was you knew when to bring it down right. and It was a religious emotional. experience.
1: Yeah. think about playing in church it was a religious experience yeah. and you knew when to get
4: loud and when to and you knew when to like I mean uh, a lot of people don't even know what an altar call is you know I grew up with altar calls that was when like you would go up to get saved at the end of the church service they do it every single time and you they didn't push know you. If they give you a coupon and say oh, yeah, yeah yeah you Kroger 20% <laughs> or yes. just went out for prayer or, or whatever and um and you didn't know as a kid if the altar call was going to be five minutes oh. or five hours. And you were just praying it was going to be five minutes because you are like, I want to go home and eat fried chicken. Right. I'm, I'm going to be real hungry if this is a long-ass altar call. Got the oh. Richard Morris electric on, piano huh? with the pad yeah. underneath. Oh, right, God. Dun, dun, dun. Yeah, the 80s keyboard sound in <laughs> the church.
2: It was great. I think the closest thing I've had to a religious experience at a concert was Van Morrison, Boston Orpheum, 1989. That'll do it. Van can take you there. Zappa 88, that is best.
4: Zappa 88 Van, Van 89. Yeah, you were in a room. good period of shows there. Yeah,
2: it was a nice run. And I was very receptive to it at the time. But enough about me. Uh, and enough about you guys yeah. because I think we've had a so wonderful Robert, interview. <laughs> thank yeah, you for being. I've sad. had to pee
4: for like the last thirty minutes. <laughs> oh my but. God, you're a team uh, player. He's
1: a
2: real peacock. You're a team <laughs> player. That, that happened to Robert our last interview. Robert, who by, by the way, Robert Kwan, helping us out again. Thanks, Robert.
1: Great. Thank you, Robert. And Thank all you listeners. If you made it this far, email us at insideoutwtns at gmail dot com because you just won. Another podcast. A case
2: full of nothing. <laughs> Scott Farrow. Or perhaps a case something. We're
4: running a, G, a drink special tonight. All drinks are normal price.
2: <laughs> Fuck you. Hey, and our numbers keep going up on the uh, as far as listeners, but not on Twitter. Would you fucking follow us on Twitter? Come on. Inside Out Turner oh, Turner yeah. is it called? It's called, it's Inside, called Inside, Inside Out, out Turner, Turner Podcast. <laughs> 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 yeah. Inside out Please rate Inside. the podcast. So follow them on Twitter,
4: go to at great peacock and hit follow.
1: There you go. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> all right guys thank you so much wish you guys all the best of success here as you hit the road please listeners out there take a moment listen to the band we're gonna play some tracks on
2: the way out here yes maybe maybe well, we you can guys play...
4: promise not to edit this and keep it in its like long form
2: sure it okay you know it's not? funny you say that because i always uh he in always in the wants beginning, to edit. i always no. want to leave warts in in
1: the beginning in the beginning even, even if it's mine, I really it wanted it. to, <laughs> <laughs> And and then i listen to myself mess up and i'm like that's kind of funny which is funnier Anyway, so yeah, we're gonna leave this. We're gonna leave it on. I'm not I
4: gonna- I like add it, it when podcasts think, get awkward.
3: Yeah. Stack on
0: the hill. Where seasons change and always will The stones are strong. back, back to where the fields are growing. Don't you want to go back to a place we've always been? Don't you want to go back, back to where the fields are growing? Don't
2: That was our new best friends, The Great Peacock. What an amazing interview with an amazing band. It was a fun time. We got to hang out with them later on backstage and even later on over at uh, the uh, effervescent Matt Wilson's house. Their manager, who, uh, oh, by the way, I think I said he's my lawyer, but he's their manager. And I don't know if I said this in the inter- interview or oh, after. You said it. No, that he uh, is an icon in my, apart from his music world. In my immediate family, when I was going to like my Wani. wife was in the middle of tax season. She couldn't go to e oh, She yes. was upset. She was at her busiest time of the year. And Matt Wilson came up with a ticket for her for what would turn out to be the final live performance by Prince at yeah, the a, Fox Theater in Atlanta. That's right. That's pretty friggin' cool. Thank you, Matt. Thank you so much. And he's also been listening and giving us feedback on this podcast there's some of my closest friends who don't even listen to this and matt wilson's listened to every minute much like robert pole over pole management you know we've got some we've got some pretty cool people listening to our show and i'm very grateful for that yes we do and i thank you for that and hopefully after this they still listen um, they might not even have gotten to this far which would be ironic right
1: that'd be so that would be like a waffle ironic i
2: don't that'd know be waffle iron bitchy about his irony it has to really be ironic, or else he's gonna just pick it apart.
1: Hey, by the way, if you read the live for
2: live music, what's it live live? What's oh it? yeah, they had a nice uh, article on Jeff.
1: Yeah, yeah. If you read that, you'll notice that they didn't mention.
2: Oh, that's okay. We're just still the, we're still the Pidley podcast.
1: No, no. I just I didn't know. I just in case you read that and you were wondering, like when they talked about.
3: Yeah, he talked fish piece. He gave so, us a
2: big, long thing on corona. and he gave them like two sentences. You, you so think I'm they would have been, or maybe he would have said. So to our listeners, if you didn't listen to the Waffle episode, but you read that, and you were curious to what that tease meant. And if you're fans of Seth interrupting the guest, I mean, that's like the Holy Grail for you, that one. <laughs>
1: Thanks for listening to Inside Out with Turner and Seth.
2: Next uh, episode, I think we might w- not sure cuz we're way out. Dude, we don't know what the next episode is going to be. Probably going to be Simon from the New Master Sounds. I think so. And we have but Jeff Edgerson coming up right before he returns from Australia. a wonderful blues player, blues-based uh, singer-songwriter who Marble. also recorded a couple tracks
1: live first. five. Yeah, that was high. We're going to start what we're going to start nine?
2: sneak previewing those as well. Yeah. And um But we're gonna leave you with some more Peacock. Yes. Maybe hopefully we'll we'll play Peacock from the festival. That and um who I'd knows? like to play that rattlesnake song. That was, oh, that was that good. About, yeah. that's the one you we ripped your shirt off, I don't remember. It was shortly thereafter. Should I put that photo of you with the shirt off online on this? I am not burdened with excessive vanity. You can put on whatever you want. Well, if I could put on whatever I want, it'd be a shirt on you. <laughs>
1: Ladies and gentlemen, thank you again for listening to Inside Out with Turner and Seth.
2: You can find us online at Inside Out, W-T-N-S. Thank you, some of you, for following us on Twitter and listening to me. That's pretty cool. Yeah, you know what? Go for more. No,
1: stop. People responded. I'm interrupting. They're, they're following us so. now. Yeah, since... Okay, stop.
2: I bitched and people stop, listened hammer time. and now they're following. Yeah,
1: five people. Rob, it's only been five people.
2: No. Oh, no, my that's God. That's not true. Hold on. That is not true. I'm going to click it right here. No, you're not. You're pretending. I am. I'm pretending. pretending. I'm I'm not letting you get away with that. (laughs) It's been a lot more than five. All right, you 20 people. Um, I tweet great. So actually, you, maybe it's because you're holding me back tweeting the rise. Oh, no. Because okay. I, no, no, no. I did one dead-end company post. No, you freaked out. You have some of the stuff you're like, um, uh, I heard a there's lot a lot of the stuff. No, Rob, you, you texted me the other day and go, No, a, we're there's talking about There's a new the
1: Twitter account. I know. And you texted me and you said, There's a new bidet. Can I go ahead and tweet about it? And I go, No, you can't tweet about a bidet. I'll tweet about it not all t- day long. I'll tweet low. about it
2: all day long, Seth. <laughs> gawk, 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 gawk. And thank you for listening to it. Ins- out with no, wait a minute! One more thing: I tweet stuff about guests hmm. that we've had on or that we're gonna have on. You, Oteil t- Burbridge. You mostly, unless you're blowing smoke up my ass, we're gonna have Oteil Do You really on, want to get into this, Rob? O'teal? Most, yeah, when no, are we gonna again. have O'teal?
1: Oh. I When I get back, we already talked about this. I'm dying at interview. O'teal I Burberry. know you are, but Rob, when it comes to Twitter, oh. you, you it's like Bob Weir pooped in a potty. No, I,
2: I like, did one. Look, Bob, dead. Bob Weir pooped in a potty. We're talking about the- Bob
0: Weir. This Bob. Is it
2: acoustic
1: poop or electric? I don't know, man. You're just like I prefer the acoustic poops. It's enough. It's enough, Rob. E- no. You know you're, what?
2: You're confusing my account. That's it. You're done with Twitter. I take No. I'm <laughs> don- not letting you take that away <laughs> from me. I'm gonna take it away. You handle the F book, which by the way, I got the can you can you help me with Terminal <hand> things? <vocalizations> not pulling his weight. Excuse me? What? Not pulling his weight. Dude, seriously? Don't make Simon upset. Don't
1: make who? Simon. Upset. Simon, the guitar player for the new Master
2: Sounds? (laughs) (laughs) Fucker. Yeah, I always got their names mixed up, but I knew who they were. Yeah. Well, at any rate, thank you for listening to... You already said that. Guys... We'll see I you next to, week. I like radio voice. I though. know. It gets can annoying. You, can you give radio voice? Don't be please? like Schwartz where you like put on the really keep all the time. You're listening to Mountain <laughs> Jam. I have, a, I have a voice that's way deeper than my real voice. What is does people I was I was listening another to festival?
1: I know the Mountain Jam. Did you watch the Mountain Jam stream? No, there was a uh,
2: You Actually did. I did. You I listened did. no, I listened on serious to the That's Sirius what room. I'm asking because didn't I they didn't do, watch like, this, any of the streams. Did you listen to the serious stream? I listened to Olive Wilco. I listened to some of mules. What was the Wilco? Of, Wait, hold on, stop. I heard Warren sitting with the Humphries. The, um, the Wilco? What do you mean? The quote Jeff Tweedy said. Um,
0: Vamp. 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 Can you say
1: anything? <laughs> I, can only I texted it to you. I know. I'm opening it up. So Rob Turner.
2: I also listened to, um, a guy I never heard of. Ratliff. Hello. Ratliff.
1: Hello, Mountain Jam. He was all right. It's really good to see you. Even
2: better to smell you. In a strange way.
3: Vicariously. vicariously.
2: So Tweety, who's completely sober, was basically saying he was getting a little buzz off whatever was in the air. Because he's sober now. He had an issue with pills, like a lot of great musicians.
1: Uh, I thought it was alcohol. It was pills too? I think
2: that too. He, he was a mess, but he's, he's, been, he's been sober for a couple years, uh, right? I think, a, I think a decade or so. That you know, Rob, we should yes. have a we should have a show on sobriety. I would love to. I know there's musician friends of ours who've dealt Definitely with addiction, close friends of ours, but um, they don't all want to talk about it, which is too well, bad. Actually, the older a ones, great way to help, you know, future or other bands that are dealing with addiction would be to hear how a successful established band has dealt with it. But yeah. I understand people want to be guarded. But I, I but, do think this is a topic we should address at some point. So here's the question: Is it? the
1: older ones that have been 10 15 years sober or the newer ones that are two in
2: this is why we needed we need to dive in i say in. we do
1: a mix let's let's bring let's bring
2: let's bring a new and an old together and in. let's do one episode where we're on heroin and people can see what it does to you you know what I, Wouldn't you it know be what funny I, if you stopped interrupting and actually started making sense yeah, I can make sense here. You ever, you ever, I'm going to end with this, okay? Oh, I'm excited. This is this is your sugar mag?
1: Yeah. You ever, ever do Nitrous to the deaf guy? All he says is wah, 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 Usually
2: end with something good, but whatever.
1: I'll end with, oh, you want me to end with good? Ladies and gentlemen,
2: great peacock. Check them out, people. No, I'm ending with the music. Yes, we're going to play some of the music, but check them out. Go buy, go buy their album. These guys are, are doing some good stuff. If you can't afford the album, Spotify. Like I said, No Depression Magazine, who I feel doesn't buck to trends. I think it's a really good magazine just based on what's good music, not what's big, what's little. They put them up there with Brandi Carlile. Jason Isbell is one of the best CDs of last year, so that says something. And
1: good night, everyone. Thank you for listening to Inside Out with... With Turner
2: and the guy with the goofy voices. Yeah, uh, yeah, I do goofy voices. At least it wasn't southern this time. It's enough already. All right. Good night.
0: Yeah, but I will let you go Won't let you go Give yeah, it I won't let you go, won't let you go Give yeah, it I won't let you, I won't let you go Give yeah, but I won't let you go, won't let you go
4: cover we've been playing this cover we played it once like this for fun and then just stuck around the set so hope you like it (coughs) so much again we're called Great Peacock we'd love it if you just like uh, go follow us and all that shit and maybe say hey to us after the show uh, means a lot to us that you're here this
0: is our last song thank you guys so much